everybody. I'm Josh. And I'm Alyssa. And we are back with a brand new episode of The Podcast Was On Fire. And it wasn't my fault. A read-along pod where we dig into the good, the great, and once in a while, the problematic of the Dresden Files series by Jim Butcher. I'm a long-time listener. And this is my first time through. But together, she thinks of smart stuff, and I pretend it was my idea. <laughs> I don't know about that. How are you doing today, Ice? I'm doing all right. Oh, Hanging in there. Gracious. No, like the kitty on the branch. Yeah, exactly. In the dentist's office or the school counselor. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It is good. Did you do anything exciting this weekend? Um, no. I got a skin biopsy. That's about it. <laughs> I party hard. What can I say? Well, trying to decide if that is more exciting than finding a human skull in a river or less exciting. Equally terrifying in different ways. (laughs) They're both awful. You're confronting mortality in different ways, certainly. Hey, definitely. Definitely. Goodness gracious. You uh, have an exciting life. There's an experience in me moving moving through things. I didn't do that. I love needles. I fear them. I just don't think they're for me. No, I understand uh, that. But uh, biopsying lately, do molds, freckles. I'm I'm ginger. I freckle, you know? Yeah. I, I, I burn, I, I freckle. too. Well, and that was the thing where I've got a couple where I'm like, I'm asking the, the derm, and I was like, is this one okay? She's like, yeah, that's okay. And then one of, one of them, she's like, oh, that's an age spot. Oh, gosh, thanks. Thanks, doctor. <laughs> that really makes me feel real good about myself. Already getting age spots. The derm. Yeah. One of my, one of my parents, when I was down in, down south uh, it's like i uh, said something about how you know my nose is get summered all the time or something it's like yeah just there's this cool just have your derm take a look at it i was like i i, I don't i don't have a derm on standby <laughs> i don't even call it a derm oh, they love their derms and their chiropractors down in, in carlsbad i tell you what one of those is real science at least yeah mm. and the other one works for some people and you know what the placebo, the placebo effect is real and Life is fucking hard. So you know what? If you got something that fucking works for you, I, who the fuck am I? Go hey, get it. Sometimes that pop, pop, snapple crack of your back really just does wonders. I went to a chiropractor one time. Mm-hmm. I, got, I got three freebies. From a, I got rear-ended. And I negotiated. Just, no, I, said that, I said last week, it was my first negotiation. I negotiated for like an extra $200 and a chiropractor. I was like, sure, let's do that. <laughs> I'll sign forever. I'll just fix my car, please. My poor little Honda. And I went one time. Uh-huh. And I feel like I we tried, we're both kind of on the same end of the spiritual scale. And we mm-hmm. talk about that. But I, I feel like I, I try to give grace and credit to, like I just said, I'm a chiropractor, right? Like, I, like religion works for, like I, I saw how it affected, you know, it affected a lot of people in my life positively. I've mm-hmm. seen how it's affected a lot of people in my life negatively. And it's like any other thing, right? Like it can be good, it can yeah. be bad. Like it's how you use it, right? How it affects yeah. you. So I don't, I don't, this isn't me like shitting on religion, but I walked into ostensibly a doctor's office, called himself doctor something. And there's a bunch of crosses and like Bible mm. verses and stuff. And it's like, that would turn me off too. They, they just don't mix. No. I'm like, I did try the chiropractor route for my migraines um, mm-hmm. and it didn't do a thing. <laughs> I did, I did it for like six months too. So it wasn't just like giving a sh- couple of shots. I did it for like six months and it was just like, this isn't doing anything. Oh, I went one time and it scared the shit out of me when he did the little like, like neck crack, oh, yeah. move, neck crack well, move from every Steven Seagal movie. And when they're doing it for migraines, it's all your neck. 
No, thank you. Well, Either way, when like he, I said, it works when for some people. My, Go get them. When he did it with my lower back, he's like, hmm, your lower back is very stiff. No shit, sir. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am a human living in the 21st century. Of course my back is stiff. But I don't yeah. even know where my toes are. Let's, let's touch them. I, see, I can, I'm flexible, but like I just have arthritis in my lower back. So it affects my flexibility there. So I have now my current fun play thing of the last like five, seven years, maybe even a little bit longer, is my Achilles are garbage. Oh, yeah. But it's not really my Achilles. In, high, in college, when I was playing polo, I had back issues and hamstring issues. So um, you overcorrected. No, 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 none of those. Oh, really? I, did, I didn't compensate. Basically, my oh. ham, I think it's my hamstrings. So I, I can't touch my toes. I was an athlete. Like, I was like a bench plate. Not like, you know, I wasn't fucking whatever. But I was like a good, I was fucking division three. But I was like a fucking good collegiate athlete. And like, I could do You're stuff. You're an and, NCAA athlete. I could move and do stuff. I Whatever. Like, I like don't want to sell myself short. But what I'm saying is like, even with my fittest, I like couldn't touch my toes. I was training, like I was doing like Ironman training. I, I couldn't touch my toes. But so I think it's my hamstrings are super tight. But it's like all the same chain, right? Like. And so yeah. it's pulling on my calves. And okay. so my calves are fucked and my calves are pulling on the Achilles. I think the Achilles are my weak link here. But I have lower, I, it's, it's all, I just don't stretch enough. It's self-inflicted. Uh, I'm the bozo. Most of us don't stretch enough though. Exactly. So like I had a tournament two weekends ago and one of the kids like absolutely crushed. And he, he's been doing high school swims. So he's only been coming a couple times a week. One of those guys that like, I don't trust to be there because I haven't seen him there, right? Not because I don't think he's a bad guy. When they show up, they'll show up. And uh, he came, he was at practice last night because his swimming season is over. And he's less flexible than me. And he's like, he fucking murdered that tournament. I was like, dude, if you actually like gain some athleticism <laughs> on top of just being a fucking baller, it, it was like, oh, Leo's going to like, he's going to win, win me multiple trophies <laughs> when we stretch him out. I don't know how he, I don't know how he does any of the things he does because he can't like move his body. Yeah. I know a lot of very athletic people who just aren't flexible. I don't know why. It's just, it's an interesting thing because it's just, it's something like it wasn't something they focused on. This is definitely going to either get cut or go to Easter egg because this is like an hour long conversation. But what do you think of as, what, what do you define? How do you describe athleticism? Well, like someone who's an athlete, someone who does, you know, runs marathons, does the triathlon stuff, people who play sports all the time. There are certain, certain sports. Endurance athletes are, endurance people aren't athletes. They're fucking but like, but there's like, there are, there are certain sports mm-hmm. like basketball, baseball, you have to be fucking flexible, but like, yeah, well, that, that's what I'm talking about. Is why it's interesting to me is like, when I think of why, so like I've told you, I think my 18U team is super athletic uh-huh. because they're flexible and they can move and they can do stuff. They can't fucking play water, they can't play sports. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're going, they actually are going to be very bad. They beat Carlsbad last weekend, but minus, right. you know, minus their, their, their best dude, but like, who gives a shit? Like that's fucking good. That's that's a good that's a good scalp, you know, a good feather in the cap. But like they're really good at it. They just don't know how to do the right things with their body. I, I just think of his body control. Yeah. It's how I like like I said, so Leo's really good at water polo. I just he's not an athlete yet. And then like a lot of these 18 U's are not quite good at water polo yet. Some of them are really good. Just for clear, they're really good. I'm not talking shit on them. But like when they figure out water polo for the second half of that team, it's gonna be fucking nasty. Because they're just all athletes. It's really fucking weird. Either way, I, I just, it's in a word without an actual definition. I mean, there are definitions, obviously. Yeah. Like, but in practice, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, um, it's, it's, uh, can't think of the word. Subjective. There's a dude on the Clippers in when we were in college and named Corey McGetty. And Corey McGetty 
would win a running jumping contest against anybody in the NBA. Corbin couldn't hit a jump shot. He wasn't really good at like dribbling <laughs> or like doing stuff with the, the orange thing. But that motherfucker was like a runner and a jumper. He's one of the best athletes maybe who's ever lived. Probably some, it's the cap, the Caflon gold medal guy, but like Corbin Getty was fucking nailed. He wasn't good at basketball, but he was such a good athlete. And he would wear a Clippers headband uh-huh. and he had a bald head that would go above the headband and below the headband, he had a full beard. And we know where the story, where the story is going because for a couple of weeks, I wore an accidental headband below a bald head that was cut up to shit because we decided to do this when we were wasted. Thank you, Kian. And, uh, <laughs> you bit below your head it, when you were drunk. Below, oh yeah. Well, me and Kian, it was a, it was a group effort. And below it was the full ginger beard. So I, I, I rocked with Corey McGetty for like a good, a good chunk. That's I'm hilarious. Either like, great athlete, not a great basketball player, but an amazing athlete. He probably listens to our show. So, hey, Corey McGetty, you, you gave me a lot of joy in the early aughts. But, you know, why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? Oh, goodness gracious. All right. So, none of that's going in the pod. We're going to go right from your biopsy. Probably. You know, like seven, and you have an extra chapter to go through, too. We may actually have to finish later. All right. Well, again, remind people, Norwest Con's coming up. Good chance to see, see Butcher. If you're in town, hit us up. Buy Lissy a beer, and I'll buy you one. <laughs> I'm it's both a beer don't do that. that's good <laughs> come say what's up either way get a picture with us in the dick bark and jim butcher party either way how about for the last time this novel you get us caught up in universe Ooh. because we did an extra one this week did a little seven ski so that means next week we're starting on an even chapter but this week by golly standard standard issue where are we at what happened Alrighty, so we've got some shit going down. We have, uh, we learned about what happened in Albuquerque. There was a raid on the training, the warden training facility. Um, Ouchie bad. We've got all these women that are dead that appear to be suicides, but someone has left a message for Harry at the crime scene. So we learned that they're likely not just your run of the mill suicide. Let's see here. Molly keeps trying to insert herself into investigations and girlfriend's going to get herself hurt is my philosophy on that. Anyway, Harry uses little Chicago successfully to track down gray cloak and a passenger who we later figure out is magical. And we learn that there are three baddies um, who are going after women with some power the country uh and the great with exactly uh it is in cahoots with cowl and they refer to the circle who we think might be harry's black court um let's see here harry goes out to the harbor as he's trying to track down thomas and we learn thomas has been basically saving the women that um the three baddies are going after. He's been putting it in, putting them basically in a safe house situation in order to, to obviously save them. Um, let's see. Harry got boomed up by some, what are they called? Not gremlins, not ogres. Uh, what? Oh, no, those were ghouls. Ghouls. That's the word. I was close. Um, and we are, uh, Let's see. So Harry is heading back 
to try and uh, sort out what's going on with the women. He's he's saved a little dancer girl. He saved a bunch of women and he's called Murphy in and he, they are working on saving the world once again. Y'all? Generally. Um, I mentioned to Lucy offline, but uh, first of all, I don't even know how much people look at the titles. I think you just get an update and you click a button. Uh, but the title of last week's episode was this was obviously a perfect episode because it obviously wasn't, was the joke. Uh, but what I was referencing is the, the very end is we get caught up with on Ash. So this chapter, I'm not going to oh, cry. That's right. Oh, you want to finish that? I forgot about that part. Um, oh, yeah. So that's where I'm going to start. In the midst of everything, when they they go back to the hotel room to find the women and Anna Ash is there and is dead by a suicide by hanging. Sad face. Really sad face. Gross, purple, bloated, awful, terrible face. But also um, very sad. Oh, no, it's very sad, certainly. And it actually gets sadder later. Um, mm. That's actually true. I, I have a... Uh, mm. Death's weird, obviously. You guys know me well enough to know that I think death's weird and our interactions with it, obviously. Um, so do I. <laughs> your interactions with death are different. Yes. More uh, closely Quite. aligned than mine. Um, Quite different. So when I die, and you're all invited, all the tea poffers in the world. I don't even care what you do with my, like, go ahead, have a funeral. You know, I'm, I was confirmed in the Catholic Church. If somebody who's paying for it wants to do all that uh, rigmarole, you know what? If, if that helps you mourn, go for it. I actually don't care. Scatter my ashes. Uh, scatter scatter my, my remains around, uh, I don't know, anywhere. Um, don't cremate me first. Um, uh, <laughs> do, do what you will. I, I, and I don't mean that as like, to be flippant, I mean, honestly, like, do what makes you, what my mom and sisters feel, and, you know, and Miles feel like, what, what they feel is right. Go ahead. I don't care. The one thing I do care about is we are having an orange and blackout, which is wear orange and have a party. And everyone doesn't have to get blacked out. Not everyone drinks. That's fine. But wear orange because it's my favorite color and have a party. Anything else? I don't care about. But that's my one demand. Uh -huh. <laughs> Your one request. Oh, excuse me. It was a demand. <laughs> <laughs> a posthumous uh, I, demand. I think I may, might have mentioned Orange and Blackout last week. Uh, death, this, this, this episode, this uh, novel, is very death-forward, which yes, there's a lot of deaths in a lot of them, but this one feels like it's like in your face more, or maybe it's just me. again. I, because I the frequency, it's, I think there's a combination of reasons why, because I was thinking you know, about that too. I was thinking about how much death there was in this, and it's... It's you're right. It is more death forward because the people who are dying are people we, I guess, know, you know, I'm that's putting that in quotes. Um, but it's people who it's characters who we are getting to know. And there is more death looming. It's not the typical. Oh, well, we don't know if anybody else is going to die. We are in the we know someone else is going to die and it's going to be one of these women. Yeah, and we've talked about that, this a lot. Uh, and that's actually, let's do that in analysis. Actually, I want to talk okay. about that more. No, no, not that. But like, I want to talk more about that because um, control. And uh, writing down proximity of death. <laughs> characters. Okay. Um, this chapter wasn't fun as we could all match. And you guys, I'm sure, didn't have fun with this one either. And even Lissy didn't have fun with it, even though she was thinking about all, she was more doing a checklist of what her job was. <laughs> she was doing a uh, to do list. Um, <laughs> the girls I dated, her favorite thing was crossing things off of to-do lists. I, I totally understand that. I know people oh. who 
write to-do lists, put things on it just so they can mark it off. It's the, oh, I need to do that. Wait, I just finished it. Let me put it on my to-do list. But you just finished it. Yeah, but then I get to check it off. Okay, cool. <laughs> for, some, for some reason, there was cheat on Joshi on that list, but that one got ticked too. Don't you guys worry. Uh, oh, goodness. It's on the list. What are you supposed to do? Like, she, She's got to complete the list. Um, God. Um, what was that? Mallory? What are you talking about? Uh, where are we at here? Um, the high cheetah. <laughs> Goodness. I told her. I apologize. We got back together and broke up. Got back together. No one's perfect. I, I was, I did a lot of dumb things in my 20s. Um, among them was that. Uh, that's getting caught. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. But that's good. Okay. Um, I was always the one getting cheated on. So, yeah, it's, 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 uh, and married guys love me. That one whole shouldn't go in. <laughs> I mean, it's nice to be loved, I guess. Mm. Ah, swipe, 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 swipe. <laughs> right. Where were we at? Uh, our tangled, twisted love lives. Ah, they're not tangled or twisted. They're just shitty. Yeah. Either way, fact. Harry tells Elaine they need to call the police, and she says no. They're going to want to question us. It's going to take hours. This is Elaine's motel room. Mm, good point. And so. And he doesn't say that specifically, but that's why he says, you know, they'll want to question us a lot longer if someone else finds the body. Mm -hmm. And while we're cooperating with authorities, what happens to the other ladies of the large cooking pot? And more, far more importantly, to all of our listeners and mouse. both of our hosts, what happens to mouse? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And Harry kind of goes through it. And, and we talked about this last week, right? Where like, it's a clue. When mm -hmm. Mouse, if Mouse didn't stop something bad from happening, at this point, we know enough about him to know that that's a clue. Yeah. And so Harry kind of works through that. Um, we'll talk about that later. I also have a fucking lifeguard class Friday. It's going to cut into my business. But I have resound. Last week, I had, I had no resound. Tried to do it old school style. Oh. Um, and so he does realize that if Mouse's dead body isn't here, he went with the other Ordoleves ladies, right? Like there's, there's just no universe where he just hangs out, watches them kill somebody. Right. So um, somehow Anna Ash got separated and that's now our big mystery, which is one of my favorite parts of the series. And I think and this is a spoiler sort of, it's talking about future novels. They kind of go away from these small contained stories for most, a lot of the novels, which makes sense, right? As Harry's influence and his powers leveling up every episode. Uh, and you see it here, right? This is about a major culling from the white court versus magic people, folk, right? Like it, it continues to do this because each novel, you know, and there are some more contained stories and stuff, but like, I love, I just love a good whodunit, you know? Yeah. Um, after, after my father died, me, me and my mother would do, I like tried to carve out specific movie nights, like times. And for a while it was one day a week, but then like my coaching schedule changed and stuff. And we just tried to do regular, like, it didn't matter, you know, just hang out, you know? But we'd watch movies, and, she, and like, she was, like, watch Marvel movies with me and stuff, and I was like, mm -hmm. you don't want to watch these, like, let's find some, and then we started to watch, uh, you know, she she likes a good murder, you know, she likes fucking true crime. Terrifying. Yeah. I can't, yeah. uh, like, part of why I can't hang out with you people, is <laughs> you watch terrible television that makes my heart hurt. Either it's people killing each other, or animals dying in a veterinarian's office. That's like, oh, I don't like the vet one. I don't like the vet one. No, thank you. You're the opposite of Bunny. Um, <laughs> 
So uh either way. Um, but we watched movies, but you watched a lot of whodunits because she likes mystery. And so I when I picked that out, we watched a bunch of them. And um <laughs> neither here nor there. Uh and I, I just like when when Harry gets to stretch his kind of we, we've seen him expand his wizard powers. Mm-hmm. But I like when he gets to stretch his his investigator muscles. Like it's just his standard yeah. his standard private dick muscles, you know? I, I really like that as well. And just it, that's a big draw of the series. And you don't uh, this isn't me saying that like it gets it gets bad or, or dumb or anything like that. You still get it. It's just like they're in these po- these moments. Different. All right, you have to look for these moments versus like the entirety of the first couple novels, if that makes exactly. sense. Yeah. Just because he's so powerful, why would he fucking sit and think about it when he could just blow out a fucking wall? You know what I mean? Um, Harry Smitch. It's not quite that. He does do a lot of thinking and stuff. And I, I don't want to be selling it short, but it is definitely something I miss. These like actual, like a lot, the investigative stuff definitely takes a back seat. Gotcha. Um, I don't know. Is that too much to say? Probably. And I'm sorry. Um, so I love it. Some of the best stuff is yet to come, in my opinion. And uh, all the best dinosaur writing has already been. That's tragic. Unfortunately. And it was, again, remember, it was, it's a top three. I've thought about it more now, like after reading back. Probably a top five wizard writing a dinosaur scene in novel history. But it's definitely, definitely pretty good of the uh, aughts. Top five of the aughts of wizards writing dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, but Carlos was involved, so maybe it's top four. So his dog's not there, so they know it's a problem. This is all going to get cut. We've been here for an hour. I apologize. This is all my fault. Seven minutes. We started at like three oh five. Um, they only been recording for thirty seven. Anna had all the the. Oh, I thought you said forty seven. I was trying to I was trying to be supportive. Anna had all the numbers of all the large cauldron ladies mm-hmm. in her purse. They checked the purse; it's not there. And this is really the part of this chapter that was no bueno for me because I'm a marshmallow. I'm very soft. But they couldn't find the numbers for the other labes. Labes, ladies. Labes, ladies. And so he went to check her pockets, which I get mm-hmm. is necessary. And like, this may be the bravest thing Harry does all novel because mm-hmm. we know like he's got fucking issues and he's got trauma, but he this needs, we need to find the, this. And yeah. if, if there's a chance, why would she have grabbed it and put it in her pocket? She wouldn't have. It doesn't make any sense. But you have to check. Yeah. And either he checks or Elaine checks. Um, you guys obviously who know me well enough by now know why I see this is so brave because this is not something I want to do. But I, I really do appreciate, again, this is where his chivalry and his like, no, I got it. I got this. Because yeah. it, it would crush Elaine more because of what Anna, Anna hired her to protect her. And they talk about that a little bit. And he references Kim Delaney, who Harry blames himself for because he should have done better. Also, she did kind of a bozo. Um, but that's one where he really should blame himself. Just tell her how to fucking make the circle or go make it yourself. But I digress. Um, but I really do love, he doesn't even talk about it as this thing he's doing for Elaine. And like, this sh- like that's, that's what I love. Like when you're just a mm-hmm. good dude, like, take care of people around you. Like that's fucking awesome. And I love that. Like, I, you know, I, we got a lot of complaints early on and you know, they still come through. Like, um, Lizzie's gotten her first complaint this week, which I eh, fuck up. I'm glad you listened, but fuck up. Um, she's the best. Uh, I've gotten a bunch of them all the way through because I, I really do get on Harry a lot and I love him. I love this character. I love this series, but I also know he can do better. And that is butcher's point. Butcher's trying to have, a broken hurt human. Uh, He's yeah, human. And, 
but he's also more human than most, right? Yeah. Um, while being the most powerful human alive for, you know, probably um, as far as like power, like raw power, he's, you know, he says he's in the top 10 or whatever, multiple times. Um, and there's a, there's a, a quote later that we'll, we'll really dig into this. Um, mm-hmm. I did cry, but I think that might be your chapter. Um, <laughs> but this is like why I love Harry is when it really, like when he doesn't have time to think about it, like he just fucking does what needs to be done for the people around him. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I get maybe this is but, now, maybe this is just me fucking ranting, no, but I, 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 I appreciate I, it too. But I think it's a lot of it is because of how I feel about how gross this is. But the fact that he does, like, he does this for Elaine. He goes and checks yeah. the pockets. And, like, I so think Elaine doesn't have to. Very fucking noble and, and cool. And, um, I do too. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I, I have to do this. I have to check pockets of dead people all the time. And it's not a pleasant thing. And I, you know, I have cops. Who just like, ooh, ooh, when you're doing that. And it's just like, it's part of my job. I have to check to see if they have anything on them. And uh, it, it sucks. You, you've seen cops be insensitive about feelings in a situation? Cops not being able to handle stuff all the time. That's, that's, that can't, that, that's probably just anecdotal. Can't, can't be. <laughs> I, I, c- completely unrelated. Did I ever tell you about that homicide detective I worked with who couldn't handle blood? Know, Great think- guy. Great guy. I might need to call a cab here in a second. Oh, we'll get to that later. Um, what time do you have to leave? Oh, I gotta leave. I'm not taking that time. That was just a that was just a chance to say how cops. No, gotta no, get to leave. Um, I uh, I'm leaving. I have practice at seven thirty to nine thirty. Okay, probably six forty. Like, is a okay. hard hard put pants on. Okay, I'm not naked. I just need to like. I can't. I know. Coach. I, just, I just think it's funny. <laughs> um. Sorry, I, I'm so he checks your pockets. Um, nothing there. So they, they don't really have access to a lot of it to, you know, to be able to track them down. He again they, they talked for a second about Kim Delaney, who was, you know, someone that Harry was hoping to protect and didn't do a good enough job because he didn't communicate very well. Mm-hmm. And but he, you know, he talks about how he goes and visits her grave and um and she says when we catch this guy. I want to kill him because that's what Harry did to the thing that killed Kim. I think it was Murphy actually, wasn't it? No, Murphy killed the cop. Harry killed the um, Mac Finn. Yeah. But he says it won't make you feel any better. He knows. Right? Yeah. He's, he's, he's killed in multiple different states of being and states of mind and fashions. And it's not gonna make you feel any better. And she says, that's not why I want to do it. It was my job. I've got to finish my job. I owe her that much, which is a dumb thing to say but it, it's realistic and humanizing if that makes sense i had a conversation with one of our listeners from the show and um i there's something i want to talk about later as we get into this that i didn't because she was doing so much good stuff whatever we'll talk about that later delete 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 it's a dumb thing to say but it's realistic and it humanizes her yeah so two weeks in a row we have to say i have to say you don't have to uh because you refuse say nice things about elaine um <laughs> Uh, wasn't true. And, you know, he tells her, you'll get him. I'll help. Because of course he will. But again, we've seen this all, we talked about with Thomas last week, like, you say the things that they need. Yeah. Right? It's just, Harry's gonna kill this guy because that's what Harry does. Harry goes, Carrie kills bad guys. He doesn't help, you know, cute former lovers kill kill bad guys. He kills bad guys. Um, I don't think he's serious here when he says, you'll get him. He just knows he'll get caught. That, I, exactly. That was, no, that's a hundred percent. He will. He knows that this guy is not going to win. 
Yeah. And because either this whole entire world will burn down. Yep. Or I'll get this motherfucker. Yeah. You, and, and again, she needed to hear that. Just like we talked about with Thomas saying the right thing. Yeah. Um, and she lets out a broken calling sob pressed against his chest. That's which makes me wonder her motives, which because I'm jaded, but you know, she kept sobbing. I, I really do think this is legit, you know, legitimate. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the first time she has hmm, lost it's the first time she No, that she has failed something, someone that well, depended she, fully on her, that was weaker than her. Well, she failed to ensnare Harry for for justice. But this is this is she's weaker than her. Yeah. Remember, we I, talked about Harry's whole thing. We think that, you know, my opinion is at least is that it's not about them being women. It's about them being the idea that they are less strong than him, which is in, a, in and of itself is like still the same thing, basically. Right. Like all women need. Yeah. But it's also children. But he also didn't get after, again, Meryl, which one of the yeah. most one of the most uh, like. Not toxic. It was not toxic. It was actually really good conversations, but like a lot of back and forth with with T-poffers about was Meryl. Um, because she was could kind of take care of herself, but she was also like a big, strong, ugly woman who he's not attracted to. So why which mm-hmm. which was which was the reason why he yeah. didn't, you know, like feel a need to take care of her? Oh, he did in the end. But um that was just out of you know empathy. And um, yeah, no, I I I this is definitely they rub it, they they they've been together. They've influenced each other, right? They, they're not been together lately, but they bumped into each other in a very important time when their frontal lobe was developing. And like how they look at the world is natural because they were so close is going to be connected. If not, you know, it's not gonna be the same, obviously, but like mm-hmm. they've had very different, you know, last 15 years or so, but they, they've I, both been impacted by the other in their, their yeah. youth and in their developmental stages. And, and but they share also the same just, Yeah, go ahead. Uh, this is probably should go into. Uh, okay. Yeah. Make a note. Orphans bonding, yo. I typed that. Okay, keep going. And he, you know, he, he said like more than anything at that moment, I wish more than anything at that moment, I wish I could make her torment go away. I couldn't. Being a wizard gives you more power than most, but it doesn't change your heart. We're all human. We are all of us equally naked before the jaws of pain. Which is a sentence I really like, but doesn't make a ton of sense. Feels like he's mixing metaphors, but I also love it. <laughs> See, it is. Um, it's like we all feel pain. We all suffer. All humans mm-hmm. suffer. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Um, we just we will all suffer inevitably. All right. So Elaine starts getting her breathing under under control. Life is pain, princess. Anyone who tells you otherwise is is selling something. selling you something. Exactly. Same concept. <laughs> Sorry. Carry on. So Elaine's trying to pull herself together and Jerry, uh, Harry discusses Justin's techniques of teaching them dis- to discipline their emotions. And he said they had not been gentle, but they worked. And she's stabilized herself and she bows her head at Anna's in a formal gesture of respect or farewell. And Harry kind of cleans up her face because, as he said in the past chapter, she's not a pretty crier, uh, which I think is funny. And he says, you can't, you have to uphold the gumshoe image. Can't go out blotchy. People will think we're not hard boiled. Very important to be hard boiled. (laughs) And it's just, you know, Harry using humor to kind of break the tension of the situation, which we are familiar with in the land of Harry Dresden. Mm -hmm. And she gives a Humphrey Bogart impersonation. 
tells him to get the fuck out. Let's go. So he uses a tracking spell to find our intrepid hero uh, of the entire series, obviously. Um, because Mouse Mister? is, well, that's our mm-hmm. second, that's our secondary intrepid hero. We don't oh, see Mouse, so Mouse is Robin to Mr. Batman. Let's be real. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they, they find themselves at Abby's building and it's on the ninth floor, which they're going into another top floor building of an apartment. Really? Is this what we're doing again? We're really, we're really tempting fate like this again? Well, I mean, what are they supposed to do besides go up there? No, I know. Well, I agree with you. It's, another, it's be wary. Sorry. Another fucking thing like that? Make sure you know where the goddamn smoke or uh, fire escapes are. <laughs> and Harry says, it occurs to me that if I was a bad guy and wanted to off a couple of intrepid, hard-boiled wizards, I might be hanging around watching someplace like this. It occurs to me, Elaine said, that he would be exceptionally foolish to make the attempt. So I kind of took, I kind of took that as a that they piss him off. You know, Harry and Elena are, are pissed off. You hurt their friends and all of that. But I think the other thing is is, is that's kind of the answer to my question of being like it would be stupid to try the t- same trick twice. You know what I mean? Yeah, but also like predators right they have a system they know what they do that's true that's true so you know you're not wrong it's interesting there's both angles could work right yeah that is very true so they head in um and elaine has put a bunch of coppery bracelets on her wrist all of them slender all of them hanging more heavily than they should have faint glints of light sorry faint glints of golden energy played among them and looked like little more than the glitter of light on metal metal except that you could see them better when the bracelets were in deep shadows. I love all of her accoutrements for, uh, like, controlling her magic. I truly do. I think that's yeah, She's great. like a stylish, like, modern wizard. <laughs> yeah, she really is a modern woman wizard. Um, and they, they, uh, they head up through the elevator because, I mean, come on. And uh, an unspoken agreement is how they end up in the elevator. They get to the top and the doors are locked. Um, and there's a pressure bar on the on the other side. So Harry does a little magical spell, and he's alright. He knows that anybody following them would make noise and would take a lot of time. So it makes sense. Uh, they get up to the ninth floor, and he still has a headache, and he thinks that he might have been hurt at the harbor more than he realized. And Elaine may have well as well. He says, that kind of healing isn't a matter of trivial effort either. She might be more fragile than she appeared. Yet he still lets lets her take a lead into the hall, um, which I think is kind of funny. And... It'll be dangerous. You go first. Exactly. But he notices that she uses hyper-awareness, or she uses awareness, so superior awareness as a defense, other than Harry's direct approach of meeting power with power. So they get to the residence, and... Before Elaine can even knock on the door, the door is opened by Abby. And our intrepid hero, Mouse, is safe and sound with the ladies in the apartment. Yay. And he uh, he says, I slapped his shoulders roughly a few times because I'm supremely manly and did not tear up a little to see that he was all right and still attached to his collar. Same, Harry. Same. I was very, very happy Mouse was okay. And I would have been very, very mad if he wasn't. And Toto comes, Toto comes out behind Mouse. And I love this, this analogy of Toto's like a tugboat 
<laughs> and Mouse is a gig an enormous barge. I think it's fantastic. Uh, and so we get a little bit of the story about wait, what thought, happened. Wait, was Toto in front of him? I thought Toto was behind him. No, Toto was behind him. Tugboats push and pull. Oh, they push too. Okay, makes mm -hmm. sense. I mean, it's same amount, same energy, right? Don't really don't quote me, physicists. I studied really, history. I, think. I studied theater. <laughs> I I You're did no take. Here. I know Jorge Gaetan. I did uh, take a physics for the humanities major, and it was high school physics, and I still got a C in it. Yeah. I'm not I, a I'm not a physicist. Really did learn a lot about like how physics. I mean, all, all the world is just a big physics equation, right? Like how things interact. That's what physics is. Um, but like water polo in particular, like thinking about how to drive energy in a certain way. Like when I was where I worked at the California Institute of Technology, maybe you heard of it. Um, I, I taught for academic credit at the, the best math and science school in the world. Um, I taught swim PE, but hey. I, I also coached the water polo team there. And um, yeah, they, they think about things differently than both. You know, I was, relatively smart like in high school i was like a smart high school student uh -huh. but like they think about their their worldview is different just the way they they're, they're very smart and in you know certain type of person thrives there um and so i had to like just how i think about things i learned a lot about like very big like physics like not 101 like high school physics that i didn't pay attention to in high school physics uh but how to describe water polo in physics terms oh, interesting. <laughs> cool. i do adapt and learn you guys just yeah. haven't seen it yet You'll see it. My book twelve or fifteen. Hey, I got real. I, I'm. I, I've gotten real good at a uh, uh, geometry because of sewing. So exactly. I like the yeah. intersection of the intersection of skills and ideas and like uh, communities. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and a little bit. I guess a little bit of basics physics dealing with traffic accidents and things like that. People respond. Sort of bullets go. You you, you do like uh, what do we call what like what do the bullets go? What do you call that trajectory ballistics? Sticks. There's the word. Either way. Yeah. Always, oh, some good words. Say more my, words. My more my more concern is I don't know a lot about guns, but I always say I don't know a lot about guns, but I lot I know a lot more about what happens after it goes pew pew pew. Because <laughs> I'm not a gun person. So okay. Don't pull the trigger. Squeeze. No effects. Tommy. Slowly, not sharply. Okay. So in the apartment we have Toto, we have Mouse, the two most important people, obviously, and then we have Abby <laughs> and Priscilla. We learn a little bit about what went on. Is Priscilla growing on you by now? No. <laughs> She's a dumb bitch. And I was just like, motherfucker. Why um, couldn't you be Anna? Well, we know why later. Yeah, exactly. And so Elaine tells them that Anna's dead back at the hotel room, an apparent suicide. And Abby let out a little gagging sound. She sat down very quickly in the chair by the violin. Toto let out a small, let out small distressed sounds. And then Priscilla, oh, no, oh, no, oh, Anna. Mm. And then Harry asks, why the fuck did you guys leave the hotel? Why didn't you do as we instructed? And then we learn that Helen received a phone call. Oh, sorry. And then we learn that it was Helen. She said she had to leave, that she had to go to work. Mm. Bitch. Mm. 98.4. Who's a cucumber, baby? Someone told me that Harry Potter is supposed to take place between 1991 and 1998, which is ridiculous because not once in seven books does a single character say, man, the Chicago Bulls are having a hell of a run, huh? <laughs> I got to get my water bottle. I'll be right back. <laughs> Jay. I'm back. There's a, I don't even remember the comedian. I just, you know, scrolling through one of the TikToks or something. Mm -hmm. It's like, tell me how annoyed he is. Like, people talk about the, uh, 
the founding fathers. Yeah. As the greatest collection of human beings, you know, in the history of no, the 96 Bulls. <laughs> like, <laughs> was there ever a greater collection of human beings put together in a group? Like, yeah, yeah, the 96 Bulls. Like, like, I mean, even, yeah, just, and he says, I'm for that, whatever. I Either love way, that. I love um, that. Like, yeah. That makes me uh, giggle. But the idea, which is also, especially now, all of the things that they learned and knew, we have access to, and what's after terabyte? More. <laughs> yeah. We have access to everything that wasn't burned up at, at the Library at Alexandria is on YouTube, basically. <laughs> so, like, I am yeah. smarter than Thomas Jefferson. I'm probably not as good of a, you know, president. I, mean, I certainly haven't raped any slaves or owned humans. Same. I haven't raped anybody. Um, Same. <laughs> yeah, so far so good, right? I've only got a couple more years to, to keep, keep it straight. Uh, I'm not worried about it. It's clear. Um, that's all getting deleted because that sounds weird and rapey. Yeah. Um, never raped anyone. Never owned a human being. And I did not also buy a huge chunk of land. So, I mean, he's got that going for him. Mm, yeah. Which is nice. Um, it's just good to have gingers in important positions, but certainly I know more things about the world than Thomas Jefferson. And that's not like yeah. even a compliment to me. Like everyone does because yeah. the world progresses. Uh, I think I've even said this quote before. It's a bastardization of the quote, but John Adams is like, I study warfare so my sons can study economics and economics so that their sons can study art. Like yeah. Very much bastardization. No, I know yeah. exactly what that is. Yeah. The world gets better. So it's that we um, shouldn't have the well, because that's I, you, that's how I had to deal with it when I was younger. Tough shit. The whole world is you want things to be better. You want things to be easier. This may strike a nerve with some people, but the idea like spanking, like like physical punishment of a child as his brain is not developed, is not good for them, according to every single study, every single child psychologist that's ever basically lived. Anyone's ever looked at the, looked at it with data and like results data but it's people who say ah, getting spanked just i turned out okay and i got spanked and i turned out okay no you didn't you want to abuse another child mm-hmm. you did not turn out okay so clearly you're broken let's stop breaking people yeah uh sorry if that hurts your feelings people out there i, I i'm not a parent so i i can't imagine how hard your job is i i struggle with kids for two hours a night and I, I i i fucking i appreciate what you do um but it's, it's pretty un- incontrovertible at this point and also common sense teaching them that violence is a solution for things is I, again not a parent i raised a cat he didn't like me very much but he cuddled either way um we do more pick the felon and decide the felon's a bad guy which in this case was actually more warranted certainly than the pack. Um, I actually didn't, you know, I've gotten up in arms of the last couple times they've they've gone after Helen Beckett because there really wasn't any evidence that she was a bad guy, right? Like she just was a bad guy a few novels ago. Here we have witnesses who say she broke up the team, got on her cell phone and created this separation, which allowed one of them to be picked off. So this is actual evidence. It's not, it's not you know like eyewitness reports and like yeah you know, it, but it's not have, irrefutable but well it's 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 not true right but it but it is evidence um which is imp- an important distinction right like all evidence isn't true like all evidence isn't you know incontrovertible it's not but there's actual evidence here and, and there wasn't before again in my opinion and we had a difference of opinion that's all well, evidence 
evidence on its own, circumstantial evidence versus evidence. Evidence is quote unquote true, but it's the interpretation isn't necessarily true. No, I apologize. I, I was speaking on things I don't really, uh, the correct phrasing for, but yeah. The, but the idea here is that yeah. at least they have a reason to go after Helen, if that makes sense. Does that make sense at least? Yeah, that, that does. Um, And so I, I don't mind it as much, but I, this is be, I think this is so easy because the bad guy, it, it is this chunk. So it's Priscilla, the bad guy, saw how easy a target, how easy it would be to direct Harry mm-hmm. at Helen. And so this is another consequence of that mistake, I do feel it was a mistake earlier when he went after Helen. He gave, I think it was, I think he, he gave the skate to go Sorry. after her, but being suspicious of her, I totally understand. Yeah, because you, you know, she's a weirdo and not a well, good person. And, but also, it's that whole your, your own life experiences impact a lot of that. And his own life experiences involve her doing bad things. Well, if everyone, you know, was, upset about disgruntled weirdos who'd made mistakes like i wouldn't have any friends list so like let's ixnay uh i just i i, I, I mean, know I, if so it's the whole concept of like if someone shows you who they are versus tells you who they are she showed him that she is capable of some pretty gnarly shit you know what i mean yeah, no it wasn't like she didn't sell a dime bag you know to somebody she was fucking naked and shooting she shot him she shot him in the hip um yeah. So like like I I agree she's definitely not Harry has some animosity that makes sense I I still don't love the idea of like you know I you know we've, we've, we've that's covered ground we don't need to go through that again yeah um but in this case this is actually like okay like maybe I was right right he goes back and thinks it over again even though earlier he like decided there's no way she's lying but I like that he doesn't like you make a bad decision in this case it was the right decision she's not lying right but like he doesn't think like oh no i know she's not lying it couldn't be this right he allows himself to take in new evidence and change his perception of things which is great right that's what you should do in life um you should flip-flop when when new evidence presents itself and so priscilla tells him that it was stupid i never thought to be suspicious of it she went to a job to risk exposure getting killed this doesn't make a whole lot of sense Mm -hmm. and they don't know what she does for her job you know we know she's a, a felon presumably parole you can't get a whole lot of jobs. You know, you got to check. You got all sorts of issues. Helps with the, the high recidivism rate. Helps might not be the right word, but it, it does. Um, impacts, how about? Impacts. No, it, it helps keep that number high. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, it, it does help with that. that you know, yeah. It helps the number feel good about itself, but just nothing, none of the results. And it's interesting here. Abby doesn't have any, even when the part that you talked about in here, she doesn't have any of the, the foretelling, any of the future stuff. I think it's just yeah. because she's so shook. Like her power. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? That's her power is to do that. And she's so shook up right now that like she can't control it. But right now she's, her mind is so frazzled. She can't even make that happen accidentally, which she normally yeah. does, right? Which is just an interesting way to look at magic. In my mind, at least. I thought that was interesting. Um, and I really like this line from Priscilla. I just hate that it's Priscilla who says it. She's a sister of the Ordo, not a criminal to be distrusted and watched. Although Harry's re- reply is also good. In point of fact, she is a criminal to be disrupted <laughs> and watched. Ask her freaking parole officer. As much as I've, you know, defended her not being attacked, and that line is really funny and also not, yeah. not untrue. Yeah. She, she is actually a criminal. Literally, she's I mean, definitionally, she is those things. Yeah. Uh, the state decided they're going to watch her for a couple of years. And uh, 
Keep an eye out. This one says that Helen called her later and that they'd been followed to the hotel, so they had to leave. So Helen said she'd meet us here, this location here. Harry told him to go somewhere public. And he's actually getting upset with Priscilla again because Priscilla's A, a bad guy, but B, just a dick. And Helen wasn't there when they were supposed to meet her. They don't really explain why Anna, oh, Anna had to go back and pick up insulin or some shit. Yeah. It's all just like, granted, you need insulin. You'll literally die without it. But it's all just bullshit. Yeah. Right. And Harry takes it hook, line, and sinker without, because again, because he's so inclined to blame Beckett, he just takes his hook, line, and sinker. I, again, I, I think it's, it actually clouds his vision here of what's going on. Oh, definitely. Because the situation doesn't make sense. Like Priscilla's description of what, of the, you know, like ABCD, like what happened here, it doesn't make any sense that any of them would do that. Yeah. So, and again, we make another mistake here. And I don't know if this one's a mistake, but he takes, he tells them that he's going to take them directly to where, basically a new safe house, not the one on the island, but the one in Chicago where Thomas is holed up Olivia yeah. and toddlers and the women. I mean, it's obviously, you know, this is one of those, like, is the process wrong or the result wrong? Like, you can't be results. Yeah. You gotta worry about doing things the right way. Yeah. He's not suspicious enough of that conversation because of his issues with Helen in the past. He got, he got shot by her in his defense. He yeah. He did get shot by her. Um, Actions speak louder than words. But because of that, he makes a really big bozo here and puts a lot of people at risk. Uh, because that that... Just that, that answer by like Priscilla describing the res- what's happened there and using a- Abby because like, she told Abby stuff. It, it just isn't coherent. It doesn't really make sense without asking a lot of questions. And Harry asks none of them, basically. He has a couple. Um, yeah, I, it's just Harry's making mistake after mistake in this novel based on and it's realistic. I, I don't think it's un, it's a bad characterization. I just think it's a bad character in this move in this case, right? Like he, because of his suspicion natural suspicion of Helen Beckett, who granted is a, is a convicted felon. She shot him in the hip. She shot him. She's, she's not a, a good guy, but there's no reason to suspect her of this. There's no connection. And because he continues to do that, he's ignoring clues and but is an element. There is an element here where Helen's the one that had to leave. Helen changed the status quo. Yeah, so was, knows, like I said, that's- I, I, I did give him the grace that there was evidence here. Sorry, go ahead. And that, I think, you know, that would be, okay, everything's, okay, this is what we're falling into place. This is what we're doing. And they've never had to hide information from the Ordo before. Like, they could have these conversations in front of the Ordo, and it's not a big deal. Yeah. So I don't think that it's necessarily, it, yes, it is It is bad. It, it got messed up. But it's not necessarily because Harry is flawed. It's Harry trusted the information he was given. Well, I think he trusted it because he had a predisposition to think this woman was like, I, I get it. She's a bad guy. I'm not saying she's a good guy. She, I mean, literally find out later she's working for a criminal empire, but like this specific crime is so far outside of what she's done in the past and could do. It just, it clouds his vision here. And then when, when the, the scavis gives a ridiculous, you know, description of, of like, you know, what happened, he doesn't even question it. And so I, it's, 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 it doesn't matter I don't, really. It's just, I don't it, think it's all that crazy. I think that if, you know, if you take it at face value, you know, you think that um, Helen is trying to get them out in the open. Mm-hmm. She's going to tell lies. This is, she's going to leave and again, break up the group. And then t- that would be make sense for her to say, I've been followed. Get out. 
and then separate the group even more saying, oh my God, I need my insulin. I just don't see him separating them. I just, I feel like it, it would, that's the part that doesn't make a lot of sense. Like they know when someone goes off on their own, they die. Right? We've just seen that. So I, not, I, 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 I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. It, it's not like, it's not like bananas. There's no like time travel or like aliens, right? It's not like, on, it's not like it's not believable at any level. It's just like, it just seems very sus to me. And he's not looking for that sus level or suspicious, as they say at the, uh, the old folks home in San Jose. Because he's so predetermined to want to blame this former criminal. Um, anyway, this is a great conversation for the analysis section. Uh, sorry. Uh, but no, I, I don't think you're wrong either. I, it's, it's definitely, it's reading, which we're both trying, trying to figure out in between the lines. So it, it's, we're projecting, right? Like it, and well, and my whole thing is I'm just thinking about how I would deal with, how I would deal with in that situation and, and how I thought about, about through this. And I was like, you know, as I'm, as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, oh my God, she's the bad guy motherfucking Helen and so it's sort of like I have just as much information as Harry does we have the same because he is a, the first person narrator so I have the same amount of information as him mm -hmm. so I'm going to believe him because insofar he's turned out to be a relatively reliable narrator so, so far yeah. well uh, I don't I don't say I don't believe him it's more but that's why I, I totally believed the situation. I believed, holy oh, shit. I, it, it's very believable that someone who's worked with law enforcement and someone, like, again, like, I, I haven't done that, right? Like, I haven't seen ex-cons go out and commit different crimes. Like, he's seen this, and Murphy's seen this. So, like, their lived experiences are different than mine. I just, I, I like giving people grace, and they don't hear. And, like I said, they have reasons to do that in their experiences, and I, but I also think it's wrong, but I get it. If that makes sense. I but in this situation, if you you're giving someone grace and and don't follow up on that information, don't follow up on that situation. What you can do is more people will end up dead. So it does. It's not. It's a matter. I think it's a matter of not having the time to overanalyze every bit of information he receives. And this is definitely going to get shifted like, to analysis. I hope. If I'm smart, no. If I'm smart, I'll cut. I'll, no, I want this exact conversation. We're going to do it again. Um, it's. It's like how on, you know, they call it copaganda, right? It's like on all the cop shows where like, there's some, like, so Jack Bauer's got to beat the shit out of the, the, the bad guy to get answers. But there's, it's got to happen now. So we got to do it, right? Like, I, I think, I, I don't think you're wrong on any things you're saying. I think his, it, it's doing the wrong thing for the right reasons, I think is still wrong. And I, that's no, I, I agree with that naive. as well. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm it, it's in this situation, it's an Occam's razor sort of thing. Well, this exact conversation where he's like he, the bad guy that he thought was the bad guy and someone confirms it. Yes, this exact moment, I it makes sense. What I'm saying is that like his earlier clouding of the situation contributes to this. Does that make sense? Like if, no, if, he, if he didn't attack her earlier and decide she was the bad guy and decide her husband was the bad guy, even though he's literally dead. Um, but he, he, he says that, you know, it was a great idea. But holy fuck, why does why he ever do it? this to me? But why was it a good idea? To like, him, it was. But I know, exactly. But he, he can be wrong. <laughs> but, well, but the other thing is, if someone has shot you in the past. Yeah, no, I agree. He's are you going to continue to be suspicious of them? You know what they are capable of, correct? And at this point, I don't know if he's sure why Stormfront happened. So I, I agree. Again, I'm not saying his chain of like, doesn't make sense. I don't think it's bad characterization. I just think 
he's wrong, right? And, that, and that's okay. Like, I, but I, 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 it makes sense why he got, and I agree with you. Like, his experiences led him to think that Helen's a bad guy. Yeah. And so, Helen's it, here, she must be the bad guy. No, I, I get it. I totally understand why he got there. I, I just personally, hope, I'm, I'm rewatching Ted Lasso. I'm not at this line yet, but I'm rewatching Ted Lasso. And he, there's a line where he says, like, I hope that either all of us are not, or none of us are judged by our worst moment. Uh, I can't wait different. for that. This is a little different, though. Is it? Like, I mean, we, we see later after the Soul if, Gate. Okay, if why... someone shoots me, mm-hmm. I am never going to trust them again. Oh, oh, sure. But not trusting and attacking them and calling them a murderer in front of their friends are different things. Deciding that they're the villain and not trusting them, those are different things. Like, you can have suspicion, right? But my, my issue is not that they suspected. It's that they jumped on her, like literally like in front of her community. I, I you know what I mean? Does that make sense at least? I, I, like you, you don't have to agree with it, but it makes sense, right? To some degree, I guess. But like, I, I guess my perspective is just, she is dangerous. She has the ability to try to kill me. So she is going, I'm going to be more suspicious of her. Am I going to call her out in front of the group? Maybe, maybe not. But her also refusing to answer the questions would make me a little bit more suspicious. That's just human nature. That's just me. Okay, if, the Fifth, Fifth Amendment doesn't exist. Uh, but that, this, that it, is, doesn't, it doesn't apply to the White Council. I know, I know. But it also, it's, it's not a matter of, if, if they're your friends and they're in danger, why aren't you helping? Why aren't you answering these questions that need to be asked? I mean, I will, I will say this to you, but mostly I'm speaking to anyone who will ever listen to me ever and especially every chief offer, do not, under any circumstances, ever, for any reason, ever, have a conversation with a police officer. Oh, no, 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 no. Do no, not no, talk no. to a cop. And in, in their uh-huh. world, Harry's the cop. So, like, I, 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 again, like, I, we just are, we're not far apart. I really don't think we are. It's just, like, the margins here turn. I just think it explains why we let Priscilla nearly kill Elaine here in a moment. Um, but yeah, I, either way, I want to finish this chapter. Um, but I, this is a conversation I mean, because but we're I think not. It, it's a good kind of like perspective too. And I think another aspect of the perspective on this, Joshi, mm-hmm. is being a woman. I know not everything's about, you know, whatever, but a safety safety thing, I would overthink that. I would think that in a much different kind of What safety thing? What do you mean? What? Just because I, I, have, both, a, I have a higher and vaginalist, so. What? I'm both skirt and vaginalist. Um, but and what it, usually one of those two things mean woman. So not, not always. Uh, but so I just, I don't understand what you mean by that. I was just trying to say, please. So if, if I'm walking down the street at night, mm-hmm. my experience and my awareness levels are probably going to be different than yours. Oh, yeah. And that's what I mean, where it's like, maybe that's why I'm so much more suspicious of it. What's funny? I just want to touch on that one real quick. Because mm-hmm. it, it's, it's like leagues apart, like massively like, it's not, I, I'm not, compa- I'm, I'm comparing them because they are comparable and they're funny. But like when I'm walking at night and there's a girl anywhere near, like anywhere near my path, I get like nervous and weirded out because I don't want to be suspicious and like, like yeah. scary. And she gets nervous and suspicious because she might fucking die. <laughs> yeah. Like we're both nervous and suspicious and like, but mine That's is like, different reasons. Yeah. Mine is, mine is a sign, an episode of Seinfeld and hers is an episode of true murder. Yeah. It's 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 they are comparable. We both have weird things we got to deal with at night. Yeah. 
One of them you could fucking die and like yeah. they do regular. It's fucking crazy. It's insane. Yeah, and that's that's the thing where it's it's. I think that's part of the reason why I like that's why and and, and I, I shouldn't be putting this on Harry because he is not he does not have the same life experience as me. But like, it explains why you feel differently yeah. about Jewish. No, I get it. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with me having worked in law enforcement. When I get there, they're already dead. So it's like I'm not in that you know around law enforcement sort of thing and and um but it's you know that's those are the thoughts and also just when i walk up to a scene and somebody's been shot i'm gonna be hyper aware i'm gonna think everybody has a gun because i don't know who did this you know um it's just one of those i did have one scene this 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 can't go on the pod but i am i had this one scene here in um is, is in mountain view actually and um this is the case. Did I tell you about the case? How they chalk outlined a body? What's you don't. Ch- they chalk outlined a body. Okay. That's not. Yes. You don't do that. They only do that in the movies, in old movies. At that. I, but so, um, oh, this is not going to pause. So I don't need to say that. Me, me and Aaron really wanted to do that for our our dad's party. Oh my god! And everyone thought it was a bad idea. He died on the sidewalk right in front of the house. Yeah. And we thought it was fucking hilarious. And other people thought it would be very Cortez. You did that for the uh, the wake. I, That's I, I still hilarious. regret. I still regret not doing it. I think. I think he would find it funny too. Exactly, he would fucking love it. Hey, that's what I'm talking. Orange and blackout, baby. Do whatever you want. We have a fucking orange and blackout. Sorry. The, well, that's like when I was doing his prints because Brenna wanted fingerprints, and so I, you know, I'm getting prints on one side, and I step over him to do the other hand. Brenna and the cops all gasp. I'm like, I look at him. I'm like, you guys. He's I dead. do this every day, and do you know how excited he would be? For me playing coroner right now with him. <laughs> I, I will tell you, huh. I, I literally don't remember you coming that night. And that's not because I don't love and appreciate you. I like, oh. I, I remember fucking buddy was really kind. And I, it was, uh, this is, I don't, I may have told you this. Maybe I don't, okay, I'm going to say it again. Um, me and Johnny were you know, two of the closest people with dad, but you know, and I, you know, I was doing CPR in the car and I'm only one in my CPR career, but that, you know, Cops got there and the emergency services got there and they pulled him out. They were doing, they were continuing attempts. Yeah. Um, but so I went and you know, I went to the maze because I'm like, Johnny needs to know. And I went and told Johnny, I'm going to cry. Um, I went and told Johnny that my, that dad was that. And well, I mean, Johnny needed to know. And I told him, uh, but I know this is actually like a, a sweet story. I love, I love that we shared this because I told Johnny that, that my dad died and he came over and was like, well, they're still working. They're still working. And then I was, I called Aaron because I, and I told Aaron, I can't call anyone else. Like, you have to do it. So I think Aaron calls you. Yeah, um, and but so I told Johnny that dad died. And Johnny told me when they called it. So like we shared, we got to tell each other that my dad died. I, like, I, I, I cry every time I think about it. But I love that. Me, I love that we shared that. Like, yeah. it's just like something about ah, this might find a way to the pod. It's you brilliant. Great. <laughs> and I, I love it. Like, I, I really do. Like, uh. like, I. We, we got to tell each other that his best you, friend and my dad died. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like, it's that balance of, of the responsibility. Yeah. Aww. Well, you know, that night, this is completely unrelated to the story I was going to tell, but that night, um, <laughs> I, Aaron called me, I was at work and my supervisor called San Diego coroner's office or medical examiner's office and said, Hey, you know, this, this told him the situation that it was my dad. And, um, she said, if possible, can your investigator call our investigator for the history rather than her mom? Oh, that's so fucking great. 
I like and, I love it when shit works out. I just think well, it's, no, who, who, you know. The, the funniest Sorry, part. The funniest part. They didn't do it. They moved him to the front of the line. Like ten minutes later, they called me. Fuck! They should have gotten a cab. I mean, it's not a good thing. I mean, it's great because it happened to us, but it's not. A, but, it, but also, but it, I know. I it, love. I, I I do. He also was a fucking cop, and like, you know, he he deserves a little bit of fucking care. So, oh he, heck yeah! He was a he was he was a good dad, but he was a great fucking man in my yeah, opinion. I agree. He was a good dad. He was a better man than a dad. He was a, he was a good dad. Yeah, but he was a fucking great I, man, and he did a lot for the community, and, and he yeah, deserves that. I but agree. I, well, and like when when mom and Brenna were trying to figure out everything that needed to be done, I'm like, okay, well, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. And Brenna looked at me, she's like, I didn't even know you knew all of this stuff. I'm like, Brenna, I deal with it every day. She's like, I guess that's handy. <laughs> um, and it was either you or her that said about the um uh having having an in and that you didn't never thought it would be with this. You know that it's not what you know; it's who you know. <laughs> I was probably upstairs crying in my room by then, possibly. Mm. Um, anyway, but so this this case I was talking about. Mm-hmm. So Sorry. this it, it was in Mountain View, and and they actually because they they're CSI, they're like, oh, they're they're here, they're on the way. They took they were taking forever. I said, okay, so what's going to happen is I'm going to leave because they told me, oh, it's going to be a while, it's going to be a while. Did you guys called me out here? I'm going to leave, and then when you're finally ready, you're going to call the office, and somebody else will come out. I don't know how long that will take. I am the only person on duty until five o'clock. Can you say, sorry, you, you cut out there. What, why did you leave? Why were you getting there and then leaving? Well, cause they called me out. Huh? I get there. They hadn't called CSI out. So their CSI hadn't done any scans. Like they do a 3d scan. They hadn't done anything. And I'm like, I can't just stay here. I am the only coroner investigator on duty for the entire County. What did they want you to do? Just hang out? Give you just a hang out, hang out and wait. Did they at least give you a Sudoku book? <laughs> but um so they said oh oh and you know i've i've taken bodies before csi is done many on many occasions what they usually do is they put little placards like those little uh, yellow things that you see on crime scene shows the little tr- um pyramid thingies that they were put- in thomas's pictures exactly exactly <laughs> they put one at the head of the body one at the head of the the foot of the body and then we move the body and then they they basically can indicate where the uh, body was was in the scans no they did a chalk outline yeah. and they're 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 outlining him in chalk and i look at my was it a, was it a homicide or was it a... it was a homicide yeah oh, oh and that's yeah so they did no, the no, outline no. in chalk and it was just at, you know suicide sorry go ahead i look at my um transport driver and he's kind of looking at me funny i was like because i'm thinking okay this is my first homicide up here maybe this is how they do it here they don't um, I had a doctor be, come come to me on Wednesday when I got in because Monday, Tuesday, my days off, and she came. She's like, "Oh my God, the chalk outline!" I said, "Okay, yes, yes." <laughs> um, but the other thing about that scene, the guy that shot him was right across the street with a cop, just sitting there, no handcuffs, just sitting all we, there. What we need is a good guy with a gun, list, but we only had a cop. Fucking hey! But but the thing is, is usually that what they'll do is for the suspect, they caught the guy that shot him. Usually they take him down to the station and, you know, to separate him from the scene. But he is there watching me do my scene investigation. And so I'm like, he knows more about it than you. You should have asked him. I'm like, hey, guys, can we maybe, um, you know, block this area? (laughs) 
And they looked at me and said, don't deal with live people. I need, I need only dead people in silence. Can we move a car to block so he can't watch everything that I'm doing? And then there's a shit ton of people down the street uh, who are like neighbors or whatever. And I'm like, they don't need to see me like moving this body around because it's not pretty. Because you, you, know? you won't look cool doing it? Well, no, because it looks like, it looks like I'm hurting. I know. I know. You know? I know. I... But it was just like. You're not supposed to body. Can we not have the guy who did this watching me do this, please? Well, I, it, it's important for a, his defense. It is important for his defense that he knows everything that's happening. A, I don't want him to know who I am. <laughs> you do is, what you do is public record, and he's he's entitled to know what's happening. You're not entitled to be on the scene, though. He also should be getting fucking. Well, I mean, if he was, if he had a little more pigment, he'd probably be dead. But he definitely should be getting fingerprinted by now. And put, right. Waiting for his God. public defender. Yeah, no, I I'm agree like, with that. I agree with that part. But also, I don't, you know, if he, if he is there, he's allowed to watch. No, there, nobody's supposed to be able to see what I'm doing. Like, I, we have, that, um, that nobody needs actually, to see it. That sounds corrupt as fuck. Well, no, it's not, they, I mean, but I why would a government official get to do anything without anyone seeing it? You know what I mean? Well, no, I'm talking about the public. Well, that, that's, you are the public. You work, you work for me, Liz. Not every, not every. I'm your boss. I'm your boss, baby. Everything needs to be done. No, you aren't. No, but, but it matters for I am, I am. Um, well, not because not anymore. But no, I, I'm kidding. Obviously, on that part. But I mean, like sunshine, right? I mean, like I, I, I don't. I get what it's like, like as far as like, uh, for the fam- like dignity, you know, dignity stuff, like what you're, which is what you're talking about. And I it's a hundred percent the dignity for the person. No, no, and- I understand that. But but dignity doesn't trump like his his legal right, like right, like he he's going he does to be not have a legal murder. right. He does not have a legal right to watch the body examination. He has a legal right to access to the reports, but. Not me. He doesn't have any legal access to me. I mean, I know you're not shady most of the time, but like, you know, he doesn't. I, 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 I get what you're saying. Either way, it's, it's, this is a dumb thing to yeah. hammer on because I don't care. <laughs> it's also not a thing that is going to happen ever, realistically, ever again. It shouldn't happen. Okay. He should, it shouldn't. He should, be, no. he should be in fucking county lockup by now. Um, but I also, if he's there, I don't feel like... No, it's, it, 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 it you're a government employee, you're, you know? Oh, I'm sure it's fucking creepy as fuck. Sorry, I wasn't... Again, not trying to discount your experience, just more thinking about the. But then, no, there's there's no legal precedence to them being allowed to watch the uh, well, the coroner work. Is there a legal precedence to shutting them out specifically? I can one, kick, I, I'm I actually can, asking. I can kick every single person out of my crime scene, out of my death scene. I have a legal can't, right. Can they stand on the other side of the tape and watch though? I can no. That's why I cover everything up because nobody needs to see it. No, no, I'm not saying I would. I'm I'm literally just. This isn't me telling you you're wrong. I'm I'm more just trying to understand. It also is a situation that, like you said, shouldn't fucking happen. No, um, no, no. Anyway, it, but it's, it, it's five o'clock. We gotta go. Okay, sorry. I, I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm not. I really. The way I talk about things is, I, I say regularly, I don't understand, but then I give my thought, and that's what I was trying to do on the gun. It's just connected. It's like I really am not telling you what's happening. I'm not mansplaining. I'm trying to understand, but I don't know. Just so we're clear, um, I do respect you a fucking billion. I hope that's clear. Um, all right. I'm not trying to cut you off because I don't like what you're saying. I love what you're saying. I just, we're okay, not going to go. go Um, did I finish yet? No. Okay. Um, I should be better at my job. So they hop into the clown car that is the mostly blue beetle. Harry describes what Murphy's wearing and doesn't really comment on the fact that she's wearing a, a loose black men's shirt, which is actually at a boy. Um, she's probably wearing a contained shirt around. Or maybe uh, Rick. Who knows? Um, I just thought that was interesting. Uh, it's, 
I also, I also, I, I thought that it was, he talked about what was important about it, that she didn't have her badge on. That it's it was the things that I focused on are her like torrid love life. And you focus on like the brass cat. No, I love it. And this, again, we're so alike a lot of times. And tonight we're actually being different on the things we focus on. And I love it. It's fun. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. <laughs> that was it where it's, it was, he, because, mm-hmm. you know, he, he mentioned her, her loose clothing where she's, she's not usually in that kind of thing. Um, but she obviously has both of her guns on, but. Oh, she's got more than two. We just don't know where the third one is. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and she probably has a knife and maybe some mace. Um, but that, that he, he focused on what's important, that she's wearing the loose jacket to hide her guns and mm-hmm. that she doesn't have her badge. Oh, I love, I love that you pointed that out because I wasn't going to, because I, um, but yeah, no, that is actually very, he, he calls it conspicuous by its absence, but that is underselling. This is a, this is a freelance gig. Ah, uh, yeah. Is that you or something? What? I just got, a, a, no, I got a discord beep. Oh. If you send me something, I want to see it. Uh, so Mouse comes over to greet Murphy because his buddy's there. Why wouldn't you go say what's up to your buddy? And he shook her hand. <laughs> They have a secret handshake. We just don't uh, know about totally, it. They totally have a secret handshake. It has nine different points. It's a nine point secret handshake. At I, least. I'm imagining. Well, it's right now it's not. It's gonna it's gonna continue as we go on. Uh until Mouse tragically dies from Harry accidentally shooting him. Yeah. Oh, sorry, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. I'll cut that out. I'll cut that out. You're in bed. <laughs> and Murphy jumps to the same conclusion as Harry because she's seen a lot of Law and Order both on television and in person. And you know, they recognize that it's not just them going after the Scavis and the Scavis going after it. It's a lot like the Spanish Civil War. There are really no defined sides, but everyone's fighting everyone and no one wins. And eventually we get Nazis, more or less. And Murphy has one piece of information that's important because she was trying to track down Jessica Blanche, the odd woman out of our low-level, talented women, cauldron, ornolebes, large cooking pot ladies. And she was not a cultist. Or, Harry asked if she was some kind of cultist or something. And Murphy says she was an or something. Because according to a friend in Vice, she was an employee of the Velvet Room. The Velvet Room? I thought I burned that. <clears throat> I thought some as yet unidentified perpetrator burned that place to the ground. It, it's reopened under new management. Click. Pieces were falling into place. Marcone? Marcone. I've said this before. Marcone is very much told, not shown. I, I, I just, I don't buy him, again, partially because I like the villains in the series. Uh, maybe it's because I, I like him for the same reason that I like Lash. But he's like, every time he comes up, it's like, oh my God, mind blown. Things got worse. But like, Marcone's always pretty chill every time he's on the screen. Um, he gives us a quick, you know, quick expo dump about Marcone carving out the empire that he has. And Murphy says she's going to, Harry asks if Murphy knows where the velvet room is. And she just gives him a look because fuck you. Um, so they're going to, she thinks it's a good idea to take him over there. And there's an interesting line here that we'll talk about in analysis. I think about who, who likes and respects whom that definitely echoes for me at least. But uh, you know, Murphy has a great line here, which says Marcone scum, but he's no fool. And he does what he says he'll do. Opposite of Elaine, who Harry wants to talk to the next line. Uh, I like that Murphy is immediately defensive of Harry and wants to attack his ex because that's what a friend would do in this situation. 
even though they have weird, you know, they have a weird situation because of last novel where, you know, they talked about maybe will they, won't they, right? But whether or not there's a will they, won't they, like you, like she's she fucked she fucked you over last time and the time before. Like we're not trusting her, Harry, are we? You bozo, she bops him on the nose. Basically bops him on the nose, right? Um, they have a little fun joke about Harry being gay because being gay is hilarious in the mid-aughts. And they head off to the Velvet Room. And again, this is why I say, Marcone is early on. He gets, it's a little bit more cleared up later, but like, you know, his danger and stuff level. But Marcone is, I, I just feel like Marcone is, is just not done well. I, I feel like he's going to be like the big bad forever. Some, somehow, some way. Uh, and that's, this is, again, this is a, this is a, a, a prediction, you know, but like, cause the, because of the way he's built up early in Stormfront. Yeah. I feel like though he's, he's just like the gray bad. He has, that's what I'm saying. He has been, but Harry talks about him as, as if he's this like he's, crazy, well, because he's, he's a, the, a murderous. He's the constant. Okay. It's kind of like, you know, it's like, you know, like when you have a neighbor who's really fucking irritating and just stupid and awful and you just hate everything they do. Literally, they're horrible, no. I've, they're I've a horrible had... human being in your eyes. I've never had And that. everything else, things people can do bad things once or twice a year. And you're like, ah, fuck that guy. They're gone. But that fucking neighbor or whatever, it's just they're, they're constant. They're constantly there causing trouble. Yeah. I, I, mean, I hope so, because that's way more interesting to me than um, a gangster being the big bad. Although he's, a pri- I just said, I wanted to go back to small stories, right? A private eye versus the, the gangster lord of Chicago with like crazy universe level stakes 20 novels from now is actually a really fucking cool flex. Uh, and I like, I like that actually a lot, but I just, I just feel like again, from, from Stormfront till at least now, I don't, you know, I don't want to judge further novels. Marcone is told, we're told that Marcone is this dangerous. It changes things. Everything gets worse and dangerous, but like things don't really get that way. Historically, like he's a gentleman, gentleman, Johnny Marcone, right? Like, He's also doing terrible things in the background. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's a good guy, but like, I don't know. I, I don't love it. And again, I've, I've, I've like profusely, like my, my tongue is all over this novel from the last couple of junks about how well it's written. And this is just one that has bugged me for a lot of novels. And I brought, bring it up every time. So I'll digress. But matters have just become a great deal more dangerous because my problem, which I believe you, because you know better than me, Harry. <laughs> European Union. And... So the Velvet Room is actually a health club-ish with a spa that does special things. Um, so a lot of special things. I think spa goers get special things. That's basically. Um, so they use a little buzzy thing at the door and the girl there is trying to um, brush them off, tell them to go away. You know, it's private property. I'm going to call the cops. And Harry said, oh, please do. Please fucking do. (laughs) And it kind of threw her off, threw her for a loop. And he says, just go tell your boss, Bonnie. It's not your fault that we didn't fall for the business hours only line. Let her decide what to do so you don't get into trouble. And he asks who it is. He says, I'm with Sergeant Carrie Murphy. My name is Harry Dresden. (laughs) And she, you know, oh, Mr. Dresden, I didn't know it was you. And and all that bullshit and uh you are our last platinum member to pay a visit to the club so it's like uh the fuck okay um so she says i'm gonna notify miss demeter at once and come on up 
So they come up, and I I do love how Murphy slams a mimosa. Because <laughs> uh, she's not Pretty working. She's, she's not, not working. She doesn't <laughs> fucking care. I think it's spectacular. He's just here for um, the vibes and the gunplay. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm not. Not for me. I'm driving. <laughs> and so they, uh, she hands him, you know, he gets his complimentary custom leather gym bag, a PDA, all this bullshit. And uh, then as they're walking, as she's walking him towards, Bonnie is walking him towards the manager's office. He, uh, she says, and of course, our in-house spa offers any number of other services. Ah, like hey, massages, no. mud bath, pedicures, that, that kind of thing. Yes, sir. And sex? Bonnie's smile didn't falter for a second, although it looked a little incon- incongruous with her wary sideways glance at Murphy. <laughs> He's asking if they, if they, <laughs> if they uh, traffic sex there while a cop is present. And I kind of just love that. Um, well, a cop who knows that this has been happening for presumably yeah. months or years. Yeah. And so Bonnie leaves him at the office and Harry says, we get left all alone here. Does this smell like a trap? There's <laughs> one hell of a lot of bait. But of course she knows where the exits are. I love that. And she's aware of where people are. And she's just, she's got safety in mind and how to get the fuck out if they need to. Um, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. She's been in a scrap or two. Uh, she's put she's put on the boots before. She's pulled Harry out of a scrap or two. Is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. probably closer to this the truth here. Um, let's see. And she also says, so Rollins all, knows she's there. If anything happens, they'll turn the place inside out. Marcone knows that. And I don't he, believe they will, but I believe that it's a good threat. Yeah. Um, and um Harry talks about why haven't they shut this place down? And Murphy's like, there's there's the people here are treated well. They make good money. They don't use drugs and attempts to control um, through addiction and terror. Cops never have as many resources as they need. In general, they don't waste them on an operation like this one. Vice personnel are badly needed in other places where there's a lot more at stake. The fact that it obviously it's obviously a club for stupidly wealthy doesn't make it any easier to bring the hammer down. No, it doesn't. There's two DAs and four judges in there right now. Probably. I'm sh- exactly, probably the chief of police. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a, he's the other platinum member, right? So they go in to sit down into the office, and 20 minutes later, Hendrix walks in, and uh, <laughs> I love how Harry Hendrix up. <laughs> <laughs> he tells says the room is clear, and Marcone comes in. And Harry, wow, Miss Demeter, you look almost exactly like this criminal scumbag I met once. And good evening, and good evening to you, Mister Dresden. It's somehow reassuring to see that time has not eroded your sophomoric sensibilities, <laughs> Sergeant. So Which is Mer- very powerful. Sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, because he knows. He knows uh-huh. that she's been, and he probably knows why. Little things are big things. Oh yeah. Um, and he asks where Guard is. Miss Guard is on assignment elsewhere. She's, and maybe she wouldn't much care for this particular branch of your business. And then we learn that Marcone has rules in place that all of his businesses are to treat him so well. Uh-huh. And he says he regards it as a preventative measure. In my judgments, my buildings are less are considerably less likely to burn to the ground during one of your visits. 
if you are disoriented from being treated like a sultan. I do, after all, recall the fate of the last velvet room. Murphy snorted without taking her wary eyes from, Dres from Marcone. He's got a point, Dresden. That was one time. <laughs> uh, and Harry reaches into his pocket to mess with the papers. And before he even touches it, Hendrix has got his gun out and Murphy's got her hers out. Stop, everyone. We all did it. A reflexive response to the complete authority in his tone. There are reasons Marcone runs things in Chicago. Mr. Hendricks, I appreciate your zeal, but if the wizard wished to harm me, he'd hardly need to draw a concealed weapon to do it. If you please. So Hendricks puts his gun away, and Murphy holds, his, holds hers out longer. To prove a point, obviously. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and, and Marcone says, now shall we tilt at one another a few more times or just skip to the point of your visit? And he says, I want information about one of the women who worked here, Jessica Blanche. The Emmy couldn't find a cause of death. I did. I've got more bodies. I think the killings are related. I need to find the link, uh, link between Jessica and the other victims so I can figure out what the hell is going on and put a stop to it. That information is specific. My knowledge of operations here is merely general. My manager will be more familiar with such things I, than I. And Miss Demeter, I take it? Yes, she should be here momentarily. Or sooner, said a woman's voice. And it was fucking Helen Beckett. Mm -hmm. So she's not a good guy, but again, just so we're clear. Um... Uh, so I want to talk about this later when we get to this, just because it's interesting that Ms. I thought Miss is unmarried. Mrs. is married. Ms. I thought of as like older unmarried women because he stresses Ms. Guard, right? Mm -hmm. But that is regardless of marital status. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought it was an older unmarried woman. Versus mm -mm. It's when you don't know you can call someone a Ms. But it's also he's it's the he's calling her Amazon guard. And it's, a, but it's a, um, it gives her an honorific there. Yeah. An honorific. Exactly. And we know how important honorifics are in these stories. Interesting how important they are to Marcone. Yes. Let's, let's talk about that later. Cause that's actually honorific important to Marcone. Ah, <laughs> uh, um, I usually just have quotes that I think about and then I, I vibe with them. Um, 29. Yes. Harry, it's, it's this interesting line here that uh, a lot of the complaints I had about Marcone's characterization went away in the last chapter. And we're going to talk about that later. But she's, Harry says he stared, momentarily silent. Marcone's teeth showed again. And Helen says, I don't believe it's polite to gloat. It's interesting that she, she, you know, bops him on the nose. Yeah. Right? We just saw his power to shut down, uh, uh, you know, two expert fucking murder it's right like with a word and she still can bop him on the nose right I, I i found that an interesting way to open the chapter basically uh and to his credit though he doesn't just you know cower in the corner he says if you knew the man you would realize what a <clears throat> if you knew the man you would realize what a rare moment this is i'm savoring it which for all the shit harry's given him mm -hmm. even in the last chapter and the last book you were the books before that's fair a good yeah. look of surprise huh. harry shushes murphy and tries to go through the facts of the case which is something i generally like it's just said one second 
is that is that overcorrecting here? Is that is this gonna get me in trouble? Um, shushing people is just generally bad. Like it's not generally kind either. Um, he goes to the fact male operatives of House Scavis and Malvora. Male operatives of Scavis and Malvora have been engaging in murders that attempted to frame the wardens as perpetrators. Fact two, Wraith, their nominal superior, because the White King is so powerful. He's got his kiss of death thing, right? We saw, we saw, we didn't see that. We heard about it. <laughs> like everyone else has, no one else has seen it in a long time either, but they've heard about it. And I'm sure Lara makes sure they're constantly reminded about how powerful her father and the leader, the du jour king of the White Court is as she de facto's around in the background. Um, and they pursued uh, armistice. They, they're trying to have, which I also don't get right now, at least. I'm, I'm looking forward to, I don't remember. <laughs> like, honestly, don't remember. I wonder why, what does she get out of a peace with the White Council? Because it's not like the White Court is like soldiers actively involved losing bodies every day, right? Like they, they do sneaky snake stuff. So I, I, I hope that gets explained and I'm interested in that. Yeah. I wonder if you have any theories on that. Because I don't, and I've read the damn thing. About why Lara is looking for an armistice. Like, why is she looking for a peace? I don't know. What does that do for Lara? I'm just wondering. Um, I'm sure we'll figure Well, You know, what it probably does is keeps her secret hidden longer. Because when shit, when shit hits you down. Yeah. yeah. When shit hits the fan. Easy, breezy, beautiful. You've got cover, girl. Exactly. Uh, we know that, in fact, three, Madrigal's involved on the Malvora side. Mm-hmm. A couple murders or two just to get Harry involved because he's an idiot. Of course. Thomas didn't talk to Harry. The victims are all women of magical talent. Mm-hmm. Vampires live a long time. I'm going to go 6.5 here. They literally said the word culling in front of you. Hmm. Everyone else, Lissy knew this fucking two chunks ago, brother. I knew it 12 years, 10 years ago, whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> um, but because I read the end of the book, I didn't figure it out. Um, but among all the graveyard full of corpses with these women who you know, have a bit of power, you know, they can band together and do some fucking Lego wards. There's a pretty young girl named Jessica Blanche, but her only connection was Helen Beckett. Backdate, the felon who no one will hire works for another felon. I'm not going to look into that. <laughs> Back nine, Harry doesn't like or trust Marcone. He doesn't believe him any further than he can kick him. Has Marcone ever lied? I mean, again, this isn't like Lash. Lash is a good guy to me. I, I, Lash, I will fucking fight you. But Marcone isn't a good guy, but he's never lied that I've seen or that I recall. At least. And go ahead. I feel like maybe not lying, but tricking and not being fully honest is more right. his issue. And luckily, Harry doesn't have any fey allies. Right. Who could, the same description uh, would apply. Uh, no, I, I, I love Marcone. He's interesting. He, he interests me a lot. I don't love him in the same way. Like I, I like Lash a lot. Um, we'll talk about some of the other things we talked about last week. I may have to eat my hat here, but son of a bitch. Things went from bad to worse when Marcone showed up, and I naturally figured that the dangerometer had peaked. He, he realizes, to his credit, that it hasn't. And I think at this point, he recognizes, because he took one second to think about it, right? That's kind of why I was getting on him a couple chapters ago, right? Like Because he stopped to think. And he's so good at figuring shit out, but he was clouded before. And part of that may actually have been, I actually need to give him some credit here. There was a Scavis right there, potentially mm-hmm. accessing her power and like 
because sometimes Thomas does it on accident, right? And nobody notices. Mm-hmm. Like he could have been Priscilla could have been, you know, massaging the brain there, not full on hardcore because Mouse would have bit her face off, his yeah. face off, but his she would have bit his fake tits off. But like that's actually an angle that maybe gives Harry some more yeah. grace. Um, because when he stops and thinks about it, literally, bop, 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 holy shit! I gotta talk. I gotta talk to Helen privately. Yeah, Marcone, give us a second. And again, like Marcone recognizes, like if this was gonna be a fucking fight, shit would already be on fire. So Harry wants to ask questions, and he gives her the the you know she she he gives her the the what do you call it option ben, benefit of the doubt. Yeah, no, no, no. Marcone. Oh yeah, right. Marcone like, gives her the option. Yeah, definitely. And he definitely gives Harry the benefit of the doubt because as he tells to, um, he, you know, he, he said to Hendricks earlier, like, since things aren't on fire, this is, a, we're talking and that's great. Like, let's keep talking. This is why he's a platinum member at all his clubs, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, but I, I do like, again, that, that, that and how quickly everyone stopped when he ordered them in your chapter. Oh yeah. Is the showing that I was saying didn't happen before. His, he's a fucking, he's, he's the dog in this fucking town. Oh yeah. And he's showing that in these moments. Because just, you know that he can act on it. Yeah. But it's just, I didn't like that. It was like, I, I wish that was kind of flipped. I, I don't know. Like this is the, one of the few times so far, I feel like where he's actually been like, like he's fucking scary and he does nothing scary. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. In these two, in these two chapters, He's finally scary for the first time in this series, in my opinion. I'm not, you know, I'm clearly. I mean, he's always been intimidating, but yeah, there's there's a level of uh, trepidation in dealing with him. Mm-hmm. But he just shows he can fucking handle us. He's shown that before. Like, there's fucking like quick knife moves and shit. Like, you know, he can kill people. We knew that. We already knew he killed people. But this is him like being like a fucking leader. And like yeah. leader, leaders of, ba- of big organizations are way scarier than the fucking guys who stab people. Yeah, we definitely. But it, it's like um, Murphy said, where he says um, about them getting killed. And Murphy said, it's more likely he'll just send someone after us tomorrow. <laughs> Being here isn't what you need to be scared about. It's what's going to happen when we leave. And it's so true. Yeah, there's zero universe where he risks this cushy situation. Yeah. To fucking kill one person, two people. Like, he's going to kill one sergeant. He can get the sergeant tomorrow. Relax. Exactly. Um, exactly. Um, so Helen agrees to meet meet up with him or to have a one-on-one with him. And 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 again, to their credit, everyone else steps aside. I wonder what the vibe was in the hallway. I know Murphy was just mad dogging, but I oh, wonder yeah, 100%. And, and obviously Hendrix was because Hendrix, you know, is a man of few words. That's all Hendrix can do. Oh, he's way better than that. I I adore him. But also, they're mad dogging each other, and I imagine Marcone is just like fucking just silkily like. Uh, money green, you know, fucking beautiful green eyes that Harry, the green eyes that Harry, you know, just dives in. He dives into them every time. Yeah. Um, but I, I imagine that hallway was, I wish, I, w- I would like to be a fly on the wall in that hallway more than this conversation with Beckett. Because I know Beckett's not guilty because I've read the book, read the first half of this book up till now. Either. Uh, <laughs> so we'll never get to know what happens in that hallway, but I adore it. The ideas I have. And he starts to, it kind of is in, it, it's, it, it is an interrogation, right? He's still at this point. I don't know. I, I think he's already starting to doubt his conviction that she's the bad guy. Right. Yeah. Um, and she, you know, she does the same shtick she did in the other place, which I don't, 
really have a problem with because she doesn't know. I, I agree with you. Helping people matters. And like, this isn't about you. Like, I realize you're not the bad guy. Help me out with these fucking women. Yeah. I think he needs to do a better job explaining that, but she needs to do a better job opening up in this case. I don't think earlier she should have. I think in this case, she would. And she does when she finds out that Anna um, was, she died by suicide. She obviously, obviously died by suicide, but she obviously did not. And again, Harry has a second time in this novel where he sees her get affected by something and realizes she's not the bad guy. Yeah. But why was the last one not good enough? <laughs> um, but because if the last one wasn't good enough, you know she's a great actress and can, can fake it, right? Um, but I think when the last one not being good enough, it became good enough when he realized that there, there is a connection. Did you say that again, that, that, that there's a connection? Go ahead. Um, I feel like that this became good enough because he realized there's a connection between that Jessica person mm-hmm. and that's the connection. She's the connection and it was either to hurt her or it was somebody in her orbit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it is. It's interesting because she, you know, she talks about how she, she's basically, I mean, she's a broken person, aren't we all? But like she is, uh, she's, what does she describe it? Like borderline personality story, right? Like, um, I think she said she's psychotic. Oh, she's psychotic. There you go. Which is, um, I apologize. So like, she's a broken person, right? Like she is psychotic. Like she doesn't, a borderline psychopath. There you go. There you go. She's heartless, calculating, empty, and can muster very little in the way of empathy. She just is wearing a red hat. That's why. Um, it's not that funny, but it's funny. Empathy's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Why don't you get on board with my MAGA jokes? Um, so, you know, she's a psychopath. She's heartless. She's calculating empty. She has very little, she has very little empathy. And that explains her coldness. That explains why she went along with, with Victor Sell's plan in some capacity. And she doesn't want to have a soul gaze. Yeah. But because fuck you plead the fifth. Absolutely. Don't talk to fucking wizard cops either. But when she, you know, she thinks that you're going to take me down for no reason, but fuck you. But Anna will watch over them. She just said she's heartless, empty, has no empathy for fellow human beings. She clearly fucking cares about Anna. Uh-huh. Which sounds like by my understanding of these fucking paragraphs back to back is that Anna might be the only person she cares about. Possibly. And so she's already fucking crushed. And we find out why in a second, but she's fucking broken as hell. And the, you know, she got out of prison, found somebody who fucking treated her like a human. And I think Maya, knowing this conversation, probably I projected on some of the past stuff. Um, but this hurts. Those back to back hurt me. I don't know. Like I don't cry. I didn't cry. I didn't cry either of the three times I read it. I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> but um, like she cares about this person after saying she, I can't care about anyone. Yeah, totally. I care. I care about Anna. Right. Like, and she, you know, when she finds out she's dead, she basically just looks him in the eye, right? And she, she agrees. And she, she looks him in the eye for them, for, for, for the Ordo, for Anna. And, you know, he gives a, a, an expo dump, but not a bad one. Uh, you know, the, the eyes are the window of the soul. And I do love when he, you know, he says that the, the soul's windows don't come in an optional issue, one way mirror. You saw them, they saw you. 
That is a very, very good one. I might, I might cut that out and just save it. Yeah. I don't have good ones. Um, I have a couple, but I don't have good ones. Either way. Um, it's just like, that's one of the best descriptions of the soul gaze we've had that didn't come from a Facebook comment a couple weeks ago. Um, I love that. And so she decides to do it. And Harry, we don't know what Helen sees, obviously. We, we haven't seen the flip side of one of Harry's soul gazes yet. And mm-hmm. it's clearly jarring to people. Um, Susan, Mar- Susan Marie has passed out. But Michael decided he was someone he wanted to work with. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting juxtaposition. Uh, we see a couple others, but uh, we haven't heard a lot of their perspective on it. But here, he looks her in the eye, and he's in a park near Lake Michigan. And he's actually been in this exact park from a different angle, but he's in he's been in this exact moment in a different soul gaze, if you'll recall. Mm. Sure you do, right? This is the other half of Marcone's. This this is Marcone's moment where may have that might be fucking awful. I don't think that's a spoiler. Maybe it is. We didn't know. we didn't know that this was it, but he mentioned something about the st- st- soul gaze with Marcone. The mommy, 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 owie, owie, owie. Was that this? Is this the owie, owie, owie? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was a different album. Um. Either way, this is a moment. Well, this is this is Marcone's shame. Mm-hmm. There, there you go. Um. But I will try to. I I hope that's not the end of the world. Um. It's not terrible. I don't think because I'm going to talk about it here. He's in a park near Lake Michigan, mm-hmm. and he sees a much younger version of Marcone. And his eyes aren't the green of faded dollar bills. They're the green of summer hunters blind, bright, intelligent, predatory, but touched with more something. Humor, maybe more life. And he was skinnier. Not a lot skinnier or anything, but it surprised me how much younger those minor changes made him look. I know we were reading smut today, but we are. Um, Emperor of Arc, Emily is like my, one of my favorite TikTok follows. Emperor of Arc, you should follow her. She has a very numerous detailed, uh, she does Wild Theory Wednesdays, which are always great. And not as good as Crackpot Theory of the Week, but they're always great. But um, my second favorite theory every week. But also, she has a long running ship of Harry and those dollar bill colored eyes. And like, I can't read any of his descriptions of those eyes without like channeling her energy. So there you go. So either blame her or credit her or just tell me I'm terrible. All of those things are applicable, but he just is really a big fan of this man's strength. Masculinity. Um, <laughs> digress. Either way, Marcone is crouched next to another young man. Spike, who, uh, he died. <laughs> he died a few novels ago, but he's an old school buddy of Marcone's. It's interesting that Hendrix isn't here. I wonder if that matters. Basically, <clears throat> there's a drive-by. They're, they're trying to, to pop, 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 pop. The middle manager here, presumably, is a, a, few, a few years ago, and he's a skinnier, more attractive version of himself, so maybe Marcone isn't the boss yet. He's also wearing jeans. <laughs> so antithetical to what we know yeah i mean they're probably skinny jeans like real tight outline you know i mean like harry was really into him um is that like is that problematic problem the gay joke that's, that's a gay joke it's just he loves this man he wants i apologize either way um he's wearing yeah exactly right he's he's not the boss yet clearly 
So they're trying to pop off this middle guy, which says something about, oh, I don't remember what their name is, but it says something about these Italians. Or were they Italian? What? They were Italian. It says something about this crew that they recognize the threat that this jeans-wearing, bright green-eyed, bushy-tailed youngster was bringing to their organization, right? Like, and so that, you know, they do drive by against this, this guy and none of the people involved in the incident or the plan, at least take any gunfire. One human being does. I did cry over this one. One of the three times. <laughs> I kept it together the other two times. Interestingly, it was Awful. the third time I cried. Um, if you listen to it, I didn't, I refuse to listen to this chapter because Marsters breaks my soul. The car, the, the drive-by car, the bad guys of this piece, which I guess are worse than the current, uh, you know, the badder, the badder guys, if you will, drove off and they left the little girl's broken body. Limp and spattered with scarlet behind them. Helen saw it first, looking down to the hand that gripped her daughter. She let out a cry as she turned to her child. In the wake of the gunshots, the silence was deafening. It gets worse from there. And if you listen to the audiobook and don't cry, I, I, I just, I, I need to know who your therapist is. Um, I will zoom in to anybody who can keep, yeah. <laughs> but she does the owie, owie, owie. Oh God, it's awful. Baby, I'm here. I'm here. Mommy, mommy, mommy. Owie, owie, owie. No, 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 no. And those seven no's were the last time Helen Beckett had feelings. And um, yeah, it, it, it explains things, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, wonder, I wonder what thoughts and connections you have, because there are some other parts of this movie, this story that have moving pieces. Um, I, I broke, I, I, I spoiled one of them. This is Marcone's, Harry had a, a soul gaze with Marcone in Stormfront, and this is his moment mm-hmm. that motivates and, and pushes him to be ruthless, but clean. Whatever the fuck, I don't know the phrasing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I do challenge you to think about other things in the series that may or may not connect to that because I want you to think about that. And that's also a spoiler, but fuck, fuck it. Um, but the, it's a moment that clearly put Marcone on a path. It's a moment that put oh, Helen yeah. on her path. And you know, I mean, you could say that Helen being on that path was a big part of Harry being on his path, right? Like mm-hmm. Helen and her husband. So. It's a seminal moment in this series, and it's interesting that none of the good guys were present, which I like. I like that idea of a like mm-hmm. one of the most important moments, like one sec, you know, five. Ten, it's 30. a catalyst. Yeah, but like think about the most important thirty seconds of any series. How often is it? Are none of the good guys there? I don't know. Probably a lot. I just, I, I, I think it's. It seems like a cool idea. Um, and it, you know, it may not be the most important, but it certainly is seminal. Mm-hmm. And the girl fucking owied for sixty seconds. I, I just skip it. I'm sorry. It's fine. Um, they finish the soul gaze because God, please finish this. And Harry realizes because again, he took one second to think instead of clouding his judgment with preconceived biases. If Helen hadn't led the Ordo on a merry chase around town, drawing them out into the vulnerability for the scavis hunting them, someone else had Priscilla. She'd been the one receiving all the calls, reporting the conversations. She'd been working with the killer, drawing out Anna and all the others on his behalf, isolating one of the women from the safety of the group so he could take them alone. I love that. 
it's like an hour and a half later. It's not. It's probably like forty-five seconds. Yeah. Two minutes. Two minutes later, he adds back ten. <laughs> There's a great line in Douglas Adams. I want to say the fourth or I think it's the fifth novel. It might be the fourth mm-hmm. novel. It's the fourth or fifth novel of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy trilogy. Where and also the the title of the sixth novel, which I haven't gotten through because it's not written by him. Um, the sixth novel of the trilogy is titled. And another thing, but it's a reference to a line where you walk into a room and you, you walk back into a room and say another thing an hour after an argument has ended. Hmm. Uh, that's basically what this back 10 is. And another thing in the middle of Chicago, too late to, too late to make it count or just in time, I guess, if you want a lane to live, which Lissy seems to Priscilla, none too pretty a woman. Hey, come on, Harry had been wearing nothing but turtlenecks. That'll get on you. Fuck turtlenecks. Who wears turtlenecks? Seriously. Priscilla hadn't been working with the Scavis. Priscilla was the motherfucking Scavis. Mm-hmm. My version of this ebook, the the motherfucking part of that, the motherfucking Scavis was omitted. But I weird. I have to imagine it was in the printed version. And Harry had just sent her to Olivia, Abby, and Toto. He doesn't even mention Toto. He doesn't worry about Toto. Ready now? Predators. There were predators closing in. She had sent him to Helen. He, this, we know, we now know, you know, he, he had sent her to Helen to give him time. And he wasn't worried about the women. He wanted to make this shit clean. He would have to take care of the only one in there, besides Mouse, who could challenge him. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, God. I heard myself say, Elaine. Oof. Holy shitballs. So uh, they head out. Murphy has called Thomas and says he is on his way. Um, she called both hotel rooms, but they both went to the hotel's voicemail. And Harry asked, does it do that by itself? No, you have to call the desk and ask for it. The Scavis thought, thought about about that already. Drive. And so he tries to connect. Are you talking about Molly at all? Yeah. Oh, we haven't yet. So he gets in the car. He tosses, he, he has, uh, he gets in the passenger seat, tosses his staff in the back seat. And we hear an ow. Because fucking Molly showed up. This made me so angry at her. Yeah, yeah, she's dumb. And she says, don't shoot, don't shoot. Uh, and he says, damn it, what do you think you're doing? I came to help. I was good enough to trap you in your car, wasn't I? I told you to stay home. She's so dumb. The, right, so dumb. Because of the stupid bracelet, that has got to be the lamest scam ever. Yoda, ever, Yoda never gave anybody a bracelet that, and he fuegos. My raw anxiety and rage lashed from the tip of my blasting rod in a lance of blinding scarlet fire. It blanced into a metal trash can in front of Marcone's build- building and, well, it would be bragging to say the, that it vaporized a trash can. So he almost, <laughs> he, he almost set the velvet lounge on fire again, which I kind of fucking love. Matter of and, and Yeah. And Molly has her, you know, is jaw to the ground and <laughs> the shadow is casting his, on his face by the rising fires and crippled streetlight. I am not... Yoda, this isn't a goddamn movie, Molly. Screw up here and you don't vanish and leave an empty cloak. You don't get frozen in carbonite and you should damned well know that by now. She looks a little shocked. He usually doesn't curse in front of, you know, indulgent, doesn't indulge in blasphemy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't think God is, well, Calm down. Calm down, Michael. Sorry. I don't think God is terribly threatened by my occasional slip of the tongue. But I owe enough to Michael to respect his wishes regarding that particular shade of profanity. Mostly. 
and Molly says, Harry, we don't have time for this. He says to Molly, you think you're ready? Show me. And he creates a sphere of light and heat and sends it to her. He says, stop it if you can. Better hurry. And he says, it's about 1,200 degrees. It'll melt sand into glass. It doesn't do much for skin either. Bad guys don't give you this much credit. And he obviously wills the spell away. But she's a little bit shocked. He also does it a little bit later in the game than he maybe could have. Probably. He says, we play for keeps, kid. I've told you before, magic isn't a solution to every problem. You still aren't listening. And Molly begins to cry. But there wasn't any time to waste, so he gives her time and space to cool off and gets in the car. Um, The door to Marcone's building opened. Hendrix came out. Marcone followed him a moment later. He surveyed the damage. Then he glanced at me. Marcone shook his head, took a cell phone from his suit pocket, and went back inside. (laughs) I love that. Um, And he compares the Marcone from Helen's soul gaze to the reality. Uh, And he says maybe he just looked younger before he'd seen Helen's daughter die. So it's that impact of that, the death of that child. I mean, understandably. Um, And Murphy says, all done. You want to smoke a turkey or set fire to a playground or something? You could terrorize a troop of Cub Scouts for an encore. (laughs) And after that, I could tell you all about how to do your jobs. Maybe. Right after we bury the people who get killed because we're standing here instead of moving. Standing here moving fireballs around. Right, and she tells him that they're not finished. They're gonna talk. I I, I love Marcy in this moment. Yeah, we have talk. This isn't finished. Um, and she says, "Ask you questions when we go." Um, so as he's in the car, he's calculating how he can do the communication, or like, sorry, the communion spell with Elaine. Um, they've never. It's only really designed to work over a couple of yards, and it was usually used at. Um, considerably shorter range than that. Do you think it's like when they're like playing checkers or something? Like exactly. He, does, he doesn't explain that one. Can you explain that one for me? It's it's so, when it's when they were washing dishes side by side, Josh. Oh, because so they know which which ones to go. Like so they actually get a system. Exactly. Totally. Oh, I like it because Justin Justin would be there'd be hell to pay if Justin's dishes weren't cleaned. Okay, that makes sense. Thank you. Um, and he shouldn't this Scavis just run off if it knows you're onto it. If it was operating alone, sure, that would be the smart thing to do. But it isn't running off. It's making a fight of it. So what? It has help. It has rivals. But what does that mean? <laughs> Think in terms of predators. When predator has just gotten its teeth into something good to eat. Scavengers? They're trying to take the prize from him. Yeah, I think that's what they're doing. And it's not necessarily just Elaine, um, but it's more abstract in that it's killing women of magical talent. It doesn't have to do that to live. It can eat any human being. And he thinks that this is... Wizards probably taste better, though. Possibly. Sorry. Uh, you know, he talks about how white courts don't like... Vamps don't like their fights in the open. They use cat paws. They pull strings. Because confrontation is for losers. And we learned that Harry thinks that the reason they're doing this is because of Salic law. Inherited magic. Hmm. Which he's saying this in front of Molly. Oh, yes, that's funny. Also, uh, we heard calling three weeks ago. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Harry just didn't hear it. Um, but or maybe he doesn't know the difference. Sorry. That that is interesting. No, I didn't catch that though. Like Molly. He's, yeah. Uh, he's already said, like, usually like, passes that way. But who knows? Just just like he mm-hmm. well, he now he's saying it's a law, mostly through female lines. 
Oh, I did. I didn't put that. I mean, I, I oh, thought yeah. it and I that read it. That was my it. first I don't, thought. I don't like, Molly is sitting in the back seat. Holy fuck. Oh, that's great. And we know she's listening because she responds to something he said. Oh, she is not listening. Have you ever, uh, met, have you ever met Molly Carpenter? Um, but Margaret he... Carpenter does not listen to a goddamn thing. But I agree with you that she probably heard it. Yeah. That makes, if that makes sense to you. And he told Michael and Molly he doesn't know where the magic came from. Uh-huh. Well, he lies. Uh-huh. Um, so, and so we talk about the White Court and that about how Grey Cloak and Madrigal want to take credit for what the Scavis is doing. Um, and it doesn't help that Madrigal has a personal beef against Harry. That's how he got involved. Um, he says, Which is so dumb. When you get beaten by a guy who is supposed to be a fucking, like, cow. Go after a different fucking cow, Mad. Sorry. So dumb. Um, he says, Madrigal's wounded pride makes him leave clues to try to sucker me into the show. He figures Grey Cloak or our Scavis killer will help him handle me. Except they ran into another problem. Well, I said Thomas. it just less eloquently. It's the same thing. Just less eloquently. Sorry. Hurry up. So they try to, you know, the Madrigal tries to take out Harry with the with the ghouls. Um, he tries to take out uh, Harry and Thomas at the same time. And he finds you there with Elaine. So he's, you know, he's already being a loser, but it's still a sucker punch. And Madrigal figures, what the hell? If he gets away with it, pulls off the plan and gets his mojo back from me. Um, and they're talking about why Thomas kept it a secret. And we, you know, he was right because Alara Wraith is the one we figure. Alara don't um, around. But she, I think that the whole thing is, is she doesn't have the raw strength to, to hold on to the, the um, power. She doesn't have, and if she's revealed, she'll be seen as a poor manipulator um, and unsuitable in front of the eyes of the white court. So I think that that's why she's trying to have peace because she needs things to be, she needs to have more control over situation. And if there's a war, she won't have any control. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the whole. Oh, yeah, her, her, of what the fuck's it's going a fucking on. like house of cards. Because if anyone, if anyone comes to challenge, uh, what's his dad's name? It doesn't matter. Papa anyway, Wraith. Lord Wraith. If anyone comes to challenge Lord Wraith, like, like actually, like, decide, which is not a white core thing to do, which is why she's okay. No one's going to, like, face to face. But, like, if they figure out that he's yeah. not in charge, they can manipulate and make it clear. And so, like, she needs to, it's weird because she needs to fucking front, but as someone else who has literally yeah. zero power. Yeah. She and, is using a puppet. Yeah. Yeah. And then the thing is, is that if she can create this truce, uh, it shows that, you know, the the rates have more power and it's it's all a, a, a very delicate process for her. It's white court cat and mouse bullshit. Uh, okay. And so we figure that Harry figures that Lara didn't forbid Thomas from speaking to Harry, but he gets him. To, she gets him to promise that she, he won't. He won't what? T- tell Harry. He doesn't, he's made a promise and he can't come out and talk to me, but he wants to get my attention. So he gets around it. He works sloppily, deliberately. He lets himself be seen repeatedly taking off with women he was rounding up and leaves a big old honking wall of clues in his apartment for me, knowing that when I get involved, I'm going to get curious about why he's been seen with missing women and why he's not talking to me. He can't talk to me about it, but he leaves me a map. Is this whole series just a Ramirez and Thomas buddy cop comedy where they bring Mouse along to solve all the problems? Apparently. I think that might be actually the big popular trilogy. Sorry. That might be. I mean, it would work. Stars and Stone. 
Um, and then Murphy says that he, she, so you think Patricia, Priscilla is shilling for the Scavis agent? She is the Scavis agent. I thought, you said it, I thought you said it was a man. Strike you funny that Priscilla wears turtlenecks in the middle of a hot summer? Which, granted, we don't know how she identifies herself, but. So if you're right, he's going to clip Elaine and all those moms too. Kids too. And anyone who gets in the way. Mouse, Molly said, her voice worried. <laughs> this time I didn't yell her down. I was worried about him too. He's going to kill 15 human beings. Uh, he might kill one dog. Oh my God. I actually agree with her. Well, and we know, we know Scave, the Scavis knows that Mouse is special. So Mouse is going to be at the top of his list. So he starts trying to reach out to Elaine Lillian Mallory. He needs to reach out to Elaine. But first he tells Molly, gives Molly a job. When we get out, I want you to get behind the wheel and keep the engine running. If you see anyone else coming, honk the horn. If you see a tall woman in a turtleneck sprinting away, I want you to drive the car over her. I, but, but you wanted to help? You're helping. Here you go. Do it. Welcome to the team. Yes, sir. <laughs> then You're I on board, Private. Then Love I it. closed my eyes, drew in my will, and hoped that I could call out to Elaine and that she would be alive to hear me. I have distracting background noises, but like applicable background noises. If that helps. Okay. It, it doesn't help. No, just the ones I've already said. Oh, okay. Elaine, Lillian Mallory. That's all. Uh, we need, what do we need? 31. 30. Search. I love when Harry talks about his senses. Because that's, I think his true talent. I mean, he has he has power, right? Uh-huh. But, like, other guys have power. Other, he even says he's, like, top five or ten in the world as far as, like, punching. You know, like, magically speaking. Elaine does cool shit he, does, he can't do. We've seen Lucio and the fucking Wardens do, like, more, like Morgan. Warden Morgan did fucking banana shit on mm. screen during deadbeat, right? Like Harry's not at their level of like doing stuff. He just has, he's, he's a brute magically speaking. He says this, um, his real talent is controlling his senses. Oh, definitely. But that's the thing he's bet. He's, he's the fucking goat at listening at seeing, right? Like at smelling, like he fucking can shut down. And he talks about it. It's like, Oh, it's not even really magical. If you think about it. Yeah. I think that's, that's the most magical power he has. He minimizes things. Of course, he. How dare he think he's himself powerful? I would wager a guess that he's the best in the world at listening. Mm -hmm. And here he's he's going through his other senses. He gets rid of the sour taste in his mouth. Like that doesn't matter. <laughs> that has he nothing focused. to do. He, he wants nothing else to distract him. Exactly, but like nothing in your mouth and sour in your mouth, they're both something something there. I don't. I just. I think this might actually be his superpower. We've never have we've never seen any other wizard, any other human listen, capital L like him. And now he's getting rid of smells. He's just controlling. It's, it's, it's an interesting paragraph that it's a paragraph that means says nothing and means nothing. I got ready for my spell. It could have been those six words. Mm -hmm. I think this is like a massive characterization. Like this is building his power level. We've never seen him do this. Just control himself, which again, Harry's biggest issue. He can't it's focus. Well, he can't control himself. He lacks control. Mm -hmm. That's why his magic isn't is he's like combat magic isn't as powerful as it could be. That's why he's like he can't operate without a, a, um, a blasting rod or a, a staff, mm -hmm. right? Like like his control. He's very powerful. 
but his control. Yeah. He's fucking controlling his body down to like, like your senses are who you are. He's shutting down. Like he controls himself better here than he ever has before in my mind, in my understanding, at least of what he's describing. Uh huh. And he does it like flippantly. I, I just, there isn't a capital L or a capital S sent, you know, like, but this is like, this is connected to his capital L listening. And I think so for sure. I, I think he's, I think he's the only, he thinks it's easy. I think he's the only one in the world who can do what he does personally. And I think that explains a lot of, explains a lot of things either way. Uh, it's been an hour and a half on the first paragraph of this chapter, but it, it it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So he shuts down everything and he tries to contact Elaine with that spell that Lissy mentioned. Usually they were doing dishes or like, uh, yes. What's the, what's the game with the dice? Um, backgammon. Yeah. Probably, they probably played a lot of backgammon. It's very boring in the Midwest. <laughs> um, they're in basements a lot, you know, as the sirens went on. And mm-hmm. once in a while they touched each other's booties, but they were close enough to talk for that. And um, he's using this spell. And this chapter is like, well, the whole chapter really, but he's trying to add energy and will to this spell. And it's interesting that he does not use Hellfire. <laughs> he refuses to draw on the biggest power source he has access to. And I think that's because he is still fucking under her goddamn spell. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't want to use, he doesn't want to do that with respect to Elaine. Right? Like, I, I which I get and is fine, but also, you know, Harry, like, get over it. Um, Susan was way cooler. Murphy's cooler, even if she's not your dog. Like, you know, Maybe go to a different bar once in a while. I don't know. Who the fuck am I? I, I, I this is me saying this. Let's, let's relax, Joshy. But either way, um, Elaine's a bad guy. And he starts to add kind of his power and his will to it. And he, this fucking paragraph, I'm going to read it. Is He doesn't know the specifics of what she's been through. Not all of them anyway, but I knew enough and could make good guesses about plenty more. That image in my head drew me in as I focused on it. Oh, sorry, that's not That's not what I wanted to read. Sorry. He's trying to understand they're far away, so he needs to get more kind of basically like in wavelength, in the same wavelength as her feeling. Mm-hmm. And, sorry. What the fuck is that part about fucking cooking and shit? There you go. When she, when she had vanished, she had no one. I'd given my love to someone else. Rodriguez! Friend of the show, Susan Rodriguez. Justin had been dead for years. She'd been alone in a city, different from everyone around, struggling to survive and to build a life and a home. No, she was in the summer court fucking planning your demise. Yes. So I added in all the pains I'd learned. Even if I disagree with him, it's great. Fucking para. Powerful. Cooking blunders I had to eat anyway. I once doubled, I once made a half batch of jerk chicken and I I didn't half batch the gotch bonnet peppers oh it just about ended my life <laughs> right there with you, harry equipment and property constantly breaking down needing repairs and attention tax insanity let's you make zero dollars you have no taxes and you are, you rent you have no taxes and rushing around trying to hack a path through the, a jungle of numbers late bills unpleasant jobs that give you horribly aching feet odd looks from people who you don't know when someone less than when some you don't know Odd looks from people who didn't know you when something less than utterly normal happened. The occasional night when lonely, the occasional night when the loneliness ached so badly that it made you weep. 
the occasional gathering during which you wanted to escape to your empty apartment so badly you were willing to go out to the, you were willing to go out the bathroom window muscle pulls and aches you never had when you were younger he's 30 my life hurt the annoyance as the price of gas kept going up to some ridiculous degree the irritation with unruly neighbors brainless media personalities and various politicians who all seemed to fall on a spectrum somewhere between the extremes of crook and moron you know life i mean it's you know, it's an exaggeration of life in your 20s in a big city but most people probably tick a lot of those boxes um i, I like it it's, it's it's like i said it's an exaggeration but i like it um but he uses that pain that he's had his his experiences mm-hmm. overlap with hers even if they're not the same right like which is why empathy is so important because everyone's going through some shit. Yes. And caring about human beings matters. And so even though they haven't had the same experiences, she probably went through a lot of those fucking same, like similar experiences with the summer court. Certainly when she was going to college, apparently in the last couple of years in San Diego and in Seattle, like just shared experiences of human beings. Like life sucks sometimes. And so he, he uses that pain and that empathy to connect to her which I love. They haven't had a lot of shared experiences since they were like 15 years old, right? Like, and they can still connect on this level deeper than they ever have, further apart than they ever have. Yeah. Because human beings go through some shit. And like, he knows, like, we've shared experiences, even if they're not the same, they're similar. You know what I mean? Like, and there's connection and empathy. And I, I don't know. Yeah. It's like a, I love that paragraph for more than the dressing files. Um, but he, you know, he starts to get through to her a little bit and he hears another voice. She's talking about how worthless she is. She's useless. She's not going to have to hurt anyone else. She won't fail anymore. It's going to be over soon. And he continues to, you know, sho- shove his will at, at her. Yeah. And at some point he recognizes that the voice that's telling her she's useless isn't Elaine. It's someone doing, basically someone doing an impression of Elaine. It's In the her fuck- head. Exactly. It's the scabin. And he continues to push and push. And he says, and she hears him. Harry, what the hell? You are under a psychic attack. Uh, the, where he uses her full name and his full name. Again, he shows her so much trust that is unwarranted. She, I mean, she probably knows it at this point. But remember, human names change. Getting, mm-hmm. being given someone's name doesn't matter 10 years ago, right? Yeah. So he, from his own lips, he gives her, Harry Blackstone Copperfield Dresden is trying to contact Elaine Lillian Mallory. And that power both gives her something that she doesn't need. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, but using her full name, which he got spoken from her lips, I guess. So maybe it doesn't matter 10 years later, but he used her name and he is able to at least jog her a little bit, shake her up, grab her by the shoulders. He's never hit a woman, but he'll shake the shit out of one. (laughs) As Chris Rock would say, and um, he shakes her up and she recognizes that there's a motherfucker here trying to do damage. She's also currently sporting a sliced wrist. Mm-hmm. And she fulminarises this motherfucker, which is a, I looked it up. It's Latin for like lightning. Like she lightning fucked him, which connects to what we've seen from her in the past, right? With her yeah. spell, with her, where her spells lie, right? Like Harry's strength is in fire. Hers clearly seem to be in, in uh, electricity, but she fulminaris or whatever. What's the fulminaris, right? Um, and that is, she sent lightning at him and blasted him out. And I love the timing of it because he's trying to get shaker and, and wake her up and they pull into the, the parking lot. And so Murphy 
presumably is slapping him, trying to wake him up. And she's like, did you get there? And he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> As we see the stave is flying out the window. I fucking love it. Um, again, just like, it's less uh, the same. It's cinematic in a way of like, uh, a, like a buddy cop comedy, right? It's a different yeah. kind of, different kind of cinema than we've seen so far in this series, right? This is hilarious. And I fucking love it. Um, this happens in a, in a buddy cop comedy. And which I actually would adore in a buddy cop comedy. Actually, I've told you this. I haven't told the universe. Maybe I have the T puffs. A buddy cop comedy in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. A small, small story, like two core sec officers fucking, you know, try to track down a murderer. Uh, you don't got like, you don't need to fucking hang on to the Skywalker's dick for this long. Like, it's a really fucking cool universe. That's that's the only thing George Lucas is good at. <laughs> and, but he's also the goat creating it. Yep. Oh, Indy. Oh, speaking of Indiana Jones, which we weren't, uh, we were corrected. We, Lissy, because I'm in the Lissy sidecar through this project. <laughs> I don't know about that. Her, her first thought was, I'm Sean Connery because I'm very distinguished with my beard. And she's Indiana Jones riding the bike. And I just thought we weren't cool enough for that. So she's Hagrid and I'm Harry Potter? I guess <laughs> I mean, it works. You have more magic than me. And I'm... I don't know about I that. Have a bigger, I have a bigger beard. So I'm driving... I don't want to drive a motorcycle. I'm going to be hairy. I'm clutching my uh, um, owl. I'm clutching Russell, my cat owl. And he's going to die and it's going to break me. And that was the worst chapter in all of those novels until she started talking shit on trans people and ruined. There's a like a fucking Harry Potter like experience in just outside of Seattle. And I'd love to go, but I can't. Mm-hmm. I had to uh, drink up me home. Me, me, uh, I had to drink. I, I had to drink up me Hardy's Yo Ho to try out the uh, video game, which was really good. I need my lawyer to stop being in the room when I talk about these things. Either way, um, she blasts. She fulminaris blasts this this kid in the turtleneck out and um, burns up her fake her fake titties. Not like fake titties, like us. Like implants are fine. You you do whatever you feel like to fucking crush, lady, or or sir, dude. Um, but she has just had some falsies in there and they burn up and it is very clear that this is some motherfucking scavis. This was the, it's a dude trying to try not trying succeeding in doing some shit. Um, I mean, she, it's pretty badass what she does. Oh, it's like, this guy's not going to get buried. He will not have a grave. Um, yeah, he, she fucking fulminaris is again and just absolutely delete. She deletes it. She control yeah. A um, or control click. She control clicked him and said, delete. You do not need to be here anymore. And um, he did technically live. Um, no, that's Elaine needs a hospital. Elaine does. Did they not kill him? He crawls away, but I think then they remove his head. Oh, he got his knees underneath him. Okay. Um, turns out hotkeys don't do it all. He wasn't finished. Murphy, this is Murphy's vacation. And I actually imagine in between sex, her vacation with uh, Kincaid in Hawaii mm-hmm. was very similar. <laughs> they, went, they went out and killed monsters, then fucked. Oh, they, no, no, that's not true. They fucked, killed monsters, fucked, killed monsters, fucked, killed monsters. Hotel staff in a very strange evening killed some monsters on the way to the hotel, the, the airport. And then he professed his love for her. And she's like, dude, calm down. <laughs> I think that's exactly how it went. Um, but she pop pops him to finally finish him off. 
which is weird that Elaine tried to kill him and he didn't die. I wonder if weird. So strange. Remember she was weak though because of injury. Oh, she's so weak and she's a lady. She's not strong enough to kill a monster. Um. Mm, 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 mm. We still hate her. She's there because Thomas knows where the fucking shit's going down because Thomas is adjacent to things. This is a, this is a negative star. This is a coal, a coal, a coal star on Thomas. Even since Death Mask, he's been adjacent to shit and doesn't really do enough. He's trying in this one. I'll give him credit. He's adjacent. Eh, you shit together, Thomas. You're like one of my favorites here, but I don't love him in this one. I, I get, I get he's under like, you know, restrictions and stuff, but um, they recognize that Elaine, she, I mean, she slit her, she slit her wrist or maybe the, the scabies did it. Her wrist is, her wrist has been split. She needs to go to the hospital. We got to get it going. Um, Harry kind of puts together the, the white court intrigue part of this, at least Laura's side, that I think she saw this coming. I kind of answering my question from two chapters ago, but I think maybe she saw this coming and mm-hmm. that's why she's putting Thomas against it, knowing that he'll tell Harry. Um, and this is her protecting her angle, but it is interesting because she's still kind of surprised later. So when it kind of comes together, so I, I'm not really sure. I mean, Lara is the de facto queen of the white court. So she clearly knows her subterfuge. I don't know if she either overestimated Thomas or, overestimated harry but seems like she did one of the two but mm-hmm. luckily murphy shot the fuck out of the scavis and we're okay good good old murphy you're up it's I over didn't read the end. oh wait 31 oh perfect i was listening to 31 france 33 30 yeah 33 frantically today because i'm bad at math um i'm gonna then i'm gonna get more into the end here um I really wish we had it on that. I like. I read that there's a big last yell chapter come out. Um, clearly, we've seen all three houses of the White Court kind of triumvirate, at least agents thereof, right? Because Madrigal Wraith is working on this culling project, seemingly at odds with Lord Wraith, mm-hmm. aka Lara. So there's some shit going down, and clearly, I think. I think realistically a big part of her goal was to bait these guys into getting harry involved uh, whether it was very likely yeah whether it was madrigal or thomas she knew somebody was going to get her favorite pawn cat's paw at least. he's not a pawn. he's like a, at least a bishop oh he's a motherfucking queen he uh at, we were at least gonna get one of the there was an she had multiple angles where harry was gonna get involved and I fully believe that she influenced Madrigal probably just by talking shit about him losing last time, right? Like, oh, you little bitch. Like, oh, you can't fight Harry? That's funny. Oh, oh you got to get rid of all the wizards now because you can't fight one wizard? Okay, oh, go do your thing. Oh, dude, you're totally cool. It's all good, man. You're welcome <laughs> to the house? Yeah, no, just go sit over there in the corner. Uh, I guarantee there was some level of that. And so she knows what she's doing. I do think she overestimates Thomas and Harry's ability to communicate with each other. Because they, they just don't do that. Yeah. Uh, I, I think she thinks that people talk to each other. And Harry and Thomas, well, they don't do that. Brothers. Does she not know what brothers do? Seriously. She clearly has no fucking clue. But I, uh, yeah, no, it, it's not a spoiler. It's not really a cliffhanger. It's more a, like the, like the, the orchestra swelling at this point, right? Like we got all three houses are coming together. There's going to be a fucking shit. And Harry says, call Laura. Pass on a message, bro. 
Thomas narrowed his eyes. What message? I bared my teeth in an answering smile. <laughs> so it is definitionally a cliffhanger, but also enemy of my enemy is my best. Yes. And I'm about it. He actually says that to Elaine at one point in this book, so. Hopefully he was talking about Elaine. Well, he said that to Elaine. Yeah, about she's, she's the enemy of Thomas. Yeah. I want to stab her in the neck. Isn't that what he said? Something like that. I'm not good with feelings. Um, so, popping in analysis here. What uh, what did you think of this chunk? That we were talking about death and proximity and like about this the why the death is so much more important in this novel. Mm-hmm. Proximity of death. If that's why it's, it seems so death forward because the death the death is so much closer to them. They're so much more directly involved. In the past, we've had people die. We know who they are, but we don't really interact with them the same way that we've interacted with the um, large well, cooking pot ladies. I disagree. I mean, we've talked about this a lot. Like, think about um, Carmichael, right? Like, and uh, one of our readers was kind of, was a great uh, fucking author, pointed out. Tamara, maybe? I, I don't know. Oh, I apologize. Um, Lissy brings stuff up. It's on my notes. Um, but like that, when you're, you, you, know, you kind of have the framework of the novel, and then when you're going to kill a character, a side character, you kind of go back and you fluff them up a little bit to make it more impactful. Uh-huh. And so we have seen that before. I did not think Anna was going to die. Like, I know, like, Carmichael, we've seen, um, uh, who, whatever the, the, you know, the, the sex worker in Stormfront. Mm-hmm. I just, um, uh, Meryl, like, we, we've seen all these, it, it happens every novel. Yeah. I was still shook. Again, even reading it now, like I knew it was going to happen, but it still shook me because like, I did not think Anna Ash was going to die, which is probably a me problem, but I really thought she was going to make it. And I don't know why. It's probably just me being dumb. Um, but yeah, we, we, these side characters, we like come to love, but there's more of them in this one and we get more like it's yeah. group and like we're locked in. Yeah. But also the whole focus, the whole purpose of the baddies in this one is to kill, is to create death. Where in the past, it was just sort of a byproduct. People die. Some, yeah, people die is, sometimes, you know? This is genocidal death. Yeah. I, I don't love, again, like we, I, again, we is a lot of people because I've seen a lot. But like the culling, like that's word that Harry didn't even like blink at. And you and I were just like, holy fuck. It's like, that's like, we're doing genocide. We're doing genocide now, right? And it took him, you know, another seven or eight chapters to figure that out. Yeah. Um, which imagine, I'm... I've read it, but you picked up on that right away. And I, it's interesting. Well, and maybe. it's, it, it, I mean, maybe he thought somebody was being dramatic or something, but yeah, it, it is very much like, usually bro, Harry. Hey, bro, this usually is a big Harry. deal. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> um, I'll go last. Women and children. Oh, and okay. That's a really great segue into my next thought. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Actually. Uh-huh. Um, so this just was something that just kind of popped in my head, but. Harry is always very concerned about saving women and children, protecting women. Mm-hmm. Do we think that could be because of Elaine? He couldn't protect her from Jason or Justin? Like he has this guilt. Oh, absolutely. It's a, no, it's a, nobody carries guilt around like, like Harry, Cat- Harry Dresden. Catholics, Jewish, and Harry Dresden. Uh, but I just thought that was, that, that kind of made me think about it in this chapter, the one of these chapters, because. That might be the root. I mean, we're playing therapist here, but like that might be the root of all of his issues. Catholics in therapy. 
Catholics and Harry Dresden. Just adding that. I can cut it out. Um, I don't have the leeway, the agency to add other ones. Um, yeah, no, it's definitely we we know he's broken, right? And and to Butcher's credit, I think he's acknowledged he didn't do the best job with Harry in the first couple novels, which we covered ad nauseum and we cut off a lot of listeners who we didn't, you know weren't really on board with the project and that's okay. Um, I, you know, I, I hope, I hope they circle back certainly because these novels do get really good and we're very supportive of them, but they're very problematic. And I think elements of them were problematic. Yeah, absolutely. But butchers kind of acknowledged that he would have done it a different way. I, I believe. Um, and but the point is he's broken, right? Like he was trying to like a broken character in a noir setting yeah. Who doesn't see, you know, and I, I, it's a very difficult line to thread. And we talked about that a lot, especially on the, the like the third episode of this, this pod. I, I think it was the third one. Remember the, the, the conclusion of Stormfront. I haven't listened to it yet back. I mean, I listened to it when I was recording, you know, I was recording and editing and stuff. I haven't listened to it since then. In my mind, that's like my, that's like the, our thesis statement. That's like, I think that's a great conversation. I actually should listen to that again before I say that out loud. But like, we kind of we started to give Butcher credit for what he was trying to do, but also acknowledge what he didn't do, right? Or what he didn't, what he fell short of. Um, and I mean, and we've blown so much smoke since then. <laughs> oh, of course, and of course. But what I'm saying is that, like, this is analysis, right? Like, but him and Elaine have this shared drama, mm-hmm. and I I very much agree that like that wasn't something that was really factored in back then. And and I like looking back, I really want to listen to that conversation. His he lost Elaine. I mean, I think she, I think she double crossed him. But like, oh yeah, hundred percent. But in his mind, he lost Elaine because he wasn't strong enough. He wasn't good enough. He wasn't fair enough. He wasn't quick enough. He wasn't manly enough to fight the big bad. Right? Like he wasn't enough. Yeah. And so every single second of his being, you know, even when he's like, you know, whatever. Uh, I was gonna say balls deep in Ramirez in uh, Rodriguez. But I feel like that's not that's not going to translate well. Uh, even when he you know he's with other people in other situations and and his other women that he's cared for, and he even says he gave his love to someone else, right? To yeah. Susan, like he is weighing on him. I agree, and that's something I haven't given him grace for. Like he's, I mean, I know he's broken, but that specific part of him, like she's a part of the life that he wanted, uh-huh. and I think him trying to protect her and keep her involved and bring her back. Feels like he can kind of like bring back, you know what I mean? Like that childhood and that like that family and that life. He can and, he gets a redo. Yeah. And that's so he puts more on that relationship than he really should because she's a fucking traitor's D bag. And I yeah, no, I, I like that thought. I you said one sentence. I talked for an hour, but like I but, love but it. But like but it it was it's kind of one of those things where if you think about it, because our actions and the way we behave usually have something that happened you know yeah, oh and, absolutely and that's very much part of his psychoses is how crazy he is about protecting women how much guilt he 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 finds when he doesn't yeah no i i've spent nine novels you know recognizing his trauma with justin his father figure and his orphanhood i yeah I, you just like again i've read this novel series fucking a billion times <laughs> and you just literally just blew my mind um, but it was just something I was thinking about as I as we were discussing it today. I was like, you know, I wonder. So we're clear. I still hate Elaine. Oh yeah, no, no, same, same. She she's taking advantage of that 
even again, even if she's not a bad guy, which I think I think she is. Yeah. Um, okay. I think so. Yeah. Well, there's a conversation for later that they are. I think they're just going to be diametrically opposed foes. As well, who said that? I mean, it's Lin Man. It was Lin Manuel. Which character? Um. Either way, diametrically opposed foes. I think they're going to be on opposite sides of it. Um. But no, that 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 goes a long way to explain, which is so dumb that I haven't put it together. But like, I mean, I have. Like, I recognize that there's trauma there, but like that specific trauma with her in particular explains why he allows her to get so close, knowing he's just bringing the blade into his ribs. Yeah. Um. I mean, I knew that, you know, his issues with her and Justin were why he's a chauvinistic douchebag. But, like, it connects to him being so bozo with her. Yeah. And he really is. And, and she it, just takes advantage of him. Sorry. Yeah. But it, 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 it makes her look even fucking worse. To us. To, to us. us. To us. Because, I mean, you I know, like she's so, it makes her into such a manipulator. And it's just sort of like one of those, like, oh, shit. Oh, damn. You know, um, it, I mean, that's, I think that's very significant. Yeah. But that, that was just sort of my perspective on, um, on where that comes from for him. Yeah. No, I mean, like, clearly, like, he's before Stormfront, presumably, you know, he'd had some lady, lady interactions, some lady reactions, uh-huh. as, they, as they say in the business. Um, I do love me a portmanteau. Um, in the first scene of the TV series, uh-huh. he's waking up in bed with some blonde okay. like he's just like a cool ass wizard player okay i don't even know i haven't watched all of them I watched like four um but just like such a weird thing to do in the very first scene um uh, it's, so, it's so antithetical to who it's a huge part of his his character yeah for, for better or worse right like it's a huge part is that he's this flawed character who has these issues interesting Again, uh, like, like perfect characters are boring uh but either, either way that i love that thought um as we hop into analysis like it that's great i love it um you have any, any thoughts there or do you want to get back into chapter um uh, 25 um this is a this is where they find abby they talk about not going to court or going to the law enforcement um and oh and this is but this is this is another this is a lot about elaine from our perspective if we do think that harry she is the reason harry has this desperate need to save women and she's just well i think she's absolutely that but i also don't think she's the villain in this piece i don't think she's necessarily the villain but it's an interesting kind of perspective on this where she's doing the emotional work you know what i mean where he's think the she's, one you think he's she's doing work for bad guys or she's doing work just like her own separate no, but like he's doing all of this emotional work where he's he's um, telling her it's not her fault. He's calming her down. He's giving her comfort. He's mm-hmm. giving her support and all of that. It's just kind of like it's a whole other when you think about it through the lens of her being the reason he is like this. It's very interesting. Yeah, no, for sure. And like he's trying to solve problems that can't be solved, which is also a very hairy thing to do. And makes yeah, oh, 100%. fits with his character, which is why I love that angle. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was an interesting kind of thing. No, delightful. I mean, it's awful, but fair. But so I guess maybe we can talk about this later. But like, what do you think her angle is here? I don't know. I mean, I think that she truly does want to, you know, solve the problems for these women. 
And I don't think she necessarily has a, a she's just maybe, like you said, she didn't completely destroy Mad, uh, the, uh, the Scavis. Mm-hmm. She's showing weakness. Yeah, well, it's like women of magical talent dying. Yeah, I mean, that is also kind of scary. But does that enrich her power? Like, you know, she's more powerful because of that. She's going to live for a couple hundred years. And she doesn't give a fuck what happens after that. But I don't think she's actually a, I, 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 that's just thinking out loud, right? I don't think she's a player in this, in this plot. But it's interesting because if she's a bad guy, she has to be aligned with the Black Council or the Circle, which may be different things. Yeah. And they seem to be all in on this plan, which I'm not sure. Again, the Scavis targeted her. But the Scavis was not, the Scavis was the outside guy yeah. that the circle was attacking. Yeah. Right? So, Mithrigal or the, you know, or um, Malvor, the, the, the Wraith or the Malvor involved, you know, or Cowl, Cowl's up and his hands dirty, this garbage. No. We're not targeting her. So maybe she wasn't a target. But they're happy for this culling to happen. Yeah. And I don't know why a mortal black wizard would worry about uh, I because, told you, I don't think he's just a wizard. I don't think he's just a mortal. Oh, I'm, tra- I'm talking about Elaine. Oh, Cal, though. Okay. Right? Like, maybe if, she- if they're, I'm- it was just real quick. If the blacks, if the circle, you know, some powerful dudes that you ran into one time, maybe while you were wearing a cloak in Chicago next to Cal, were trying to kill off a bunch of lady wizards or lady magics so that there weren't any wizards in the future, but you're a bad guy, how much do you care about future wizards? Right? I mean, unless there's, gonna be some i don't know i mean i don't know maybe maybe with elaine i i don't trust anything elaine does or well, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm positing so, her as i'm positing her as a bad know. guy in this conversation i'm saying know. she might she might actually be involved in i mean maybe it maybe like um he said something i don't somebody said something about gaining power from killing the women with magic hmm. and maybe when they die she can gain more of their power we, I mean, we've seen with plug it in or lightning that she can gain power in ways that Harry's not aware of. That's very different, but interesting. Either way, I know this is a find ways for Elaine to be a villain podcast, but for now, we're going to talk about other things in the story. Mm. Um, I love that Mouse can't talk. But communicates so well. But he communicates by his my kids all the time. Your positioning communicates. It tells other guys where to go. So Mouse not being in the, the motel room with Anna Ash communicates to Harry that there's a bigger problem. Harry didn't understand it. Yeah. But he communicates that there's a bigger problem in that group. Yeah. And I love that. Uh, Mouse is a step ahead of our main character. Oh. All right. Chapter 26. Which one was that? Um, that chapter one? 26 is when they arrive at the tracking spell or with the tracking spell at Abby's apartment and have found Mouse. And they tell the chicks inside that Abby's dead or uh, Aunt Anna's dead. I do like that Mouse and Murphy still do, even though someone's dead, they have to do, they have to do their 17-point hip, hip bump, chest bump, dipsy-doozy uh, hand, handshake. Duh. Ugh. Yeah. It, I, I mean, this, we we, we this covered ch- this extensively. Sorry. But this chapter, much like I said, Molly is listening in the car, Priscilla is listening. Mm-hmm. Oh, she gets all the information she needs. Yeah. We're a, sec- we're a second from Elaine dying and him having free reign on on other other ladies, right? Yeah. yeah. Which again, I I, I you know we, we talked about it a lot, but like I put that back on Harry's early biases against Helen Beckett instead of 
being an investigator and waiting for clues, waiting for everything. Um, I understand it. Covered it. We understand it. But I still think it caused this problem. And it's kind of almost the reverse of the trope that we've seen before where the lack of communication uh, throws a spanner in the mix. Because this is open communication gives information to people who shouldn't have it. That's funny. You know, I like it. Kind of just a reverse. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Again, a reverse I, whammy. The authorship of this novel is far better than the plot in my mind. And I don't think it's bad plot. It's just being honest, right? Like, I, the, like his fucking, it's just, that's great. I didn't catch it. Pick that. Pick up on that. And I love yeah. it. Well, and, it, and it's something he's, he's used twice in just this chunk. Mm-hmm. The burning expectations is such a huge part of storytelling. Mm-hmm. But you, you don't want to subvert them to subvert them. I say this is not a storyteller, but an avid tell, storytelly. Um, you know, like if people know, the audience knows what's going to happen, it's not good. If you surprise the audience, that's great. But if you just do a bunch of bullshit to surprise the audience, to surprise the audience, yeah, it's bullshit, right? Like think about M. Night Shyamalan's middle career um, versus Six Sense and I'm breaking you know, like he got too big into, he's the twist guy, you know? Yeah. Um, where he's actually a fine director and a great storyteller. Um, and yeah, we've talked about that with other stories, but like, I love that. Like, he, he, he leans into tropes plenty. He subverts tropes. It's just, again, it's a great balance that keeps the, the audience off balance. And like, it never feels, it never feels uh, schlocky. No, and it always does feel like he's fucking with us, though. And that's, I know, is intentional. <laughs> oh, no, that's his, his, his only goal is to fuck with us. Um, <laughs> but he just, he just happens to be like a, a, an incredibly crisp author. Yeah. <laughs> same time. That's just entirely a side product of him wanting to fuck us. Oh, 100%. Um, they kind of figure out all the vampires are, you know, not all, they're not all working together. But what, again, what we found out two chunks ago, that all three houses have some interest in working together. They have some skin in the game. Exactly. And which explains why Lara's worried, right? We, we knew that she was keeping Thomas on a short leash, but we didn't really get it. It does explain that part of it. Mm-hmm. Why she really has to like, keep shit down low because that's super important to white court goings ons that we keep shit down low. Yeah. Um, because otherwise you're a loser. If you do things in the open, <laughs> Oh my God, people know what you're doing. You fucking nerd. Exactly. Um, okay. I, I talked about how I don't love the, like, Oh, well, I say Marcone and it means terrible things. Okay. Like, yeah, there's, we gotta go talk. But, about I, that. but remember though, um, this is our first person narrator. That is his personal opinion of it. And, and you know, from a third, from an outside perspective, you're like, okay, Mark, so, yeah, he's a shitty human. But he's like, you can at least deal with him. He's pretty upfront for the most part with you when you talk to him. Uh, but again, it is the perspective of the narrator. It's his opinion. I, and it's, I just everything is colored with that. Huh? Yeah, I just had a thought. And without couching, I've seen future novels, obviously, but like we've seen Harry use past tense language. Mm-hmm in these files, right? These are yeah. files or stories that he's, he's written down and telling to someone else. He's already an unreliable narrator in the moment because that's how the human existence is, right? Like mm-hmm. we see what we see and we hope for the best. There's another layer because he can be putting biases on what happens 10 years from now, 20, 200 years from now because mm-hmm. we don't know when he's writing. this. Yeah, but we also, you, we, that so I wonder bias- if that's coloring Marcon. But that bias can also be accidental and it can also be intentional. Just to add to another holy fuck moment. Yeah. I just. Because I, it, I, it I, could I, very much color Marcone because what had Marcone done in the, you know, present day for Harry? He saved his life. 
he soul gazed. He tricked him into a soul gaze and he saved his life in full moon. Like, but I, I, it's interesting. I've thought this, I, I this since I started. Then. How much? Well, again, I, this is me. Like, I, I'm agreeing with you. Like, this is actually a thought I just had. You know what? But, but that, no, that's what I'm, that's what I'm riffing on here is that what has happened since that these events occurred and when Harry is retelling this tale. So, so when Harry's retelling this tale, any reader sees the word Marcone mm-hmm. and it looks like fucking Voldemort. And if, if you put that to, if you make that the thing, it makes sense. Yeah. Because in- how many chapters does he end with Marcone? Oh no. With yeah. no reason. But he's talking to an audience that knows the future. Oh, that's interesting. That is really, that's an interesting perspective because it's like, what has happened in the interim? It's just something that's bothered me literally since, since Stormfront. Like, I just never felt Marcone was shown. He's, he was like, Marcone's always chill. I know he's a bad guy. I know he does bad stuff. I'm, I'm not saying he's a good, you know, he's my dog or anything like that. But like, he's very rarely like, except in this chapter we talked about, like when he says stop and fucking Murphy. Stop. I obviously, yeah, uh, that was like, a, oh shit. Hendrix is going to, Hendrix will listen to his boss, obviously. Oh yeah, 100%. The fact that he said that and Murphy stuff, yeah, is so fucking powerful. Very, That's, very much so. Honestly, in my mind, that might be the first actual like show of true power we've seen from Marcone, and it's just like fuck this. I'm a fucking I like I run this show. Stop. But like for Murphy to stop on a dime like that, and I love that she did her little like to save face. She kept her gun out for a couple extra seconds. Like I'm just doing it. I'm just doing it. Not because you. Um. But that was real power. Like, that was like, I own this room. There's a, a top five fucking brute wizard in the world, a badass martial artist, and like the most accurate cop in Chicago, mm-hmm. and my fucking monster. And when I say the word stop, every fucking one of them freezes. That's fucking power. That's yeah. power. That's real power. But it's that, it's that idea that you have, you know, there are people that are, so calm, so soft-spoken, but they have such an underlying power that when someone tells them to stop, you fucking, or that when they tell you to stop, you fucking stop. You know, we all know, we all have had teachers like that where it's like super chill, but as soon as you're like, oh, fuck, okay, everybody, everybody knock it off, knock it off type of situation, you know? How how many of the, yeah, but how many of them get Murphy and Harry fucking Dresden to stop? I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I've, I've, I've had some, Maybe Mrs. Hickather. Oh, that's that's very true. That was kind of who was in my head. Uh, but I mean, like, I mean, my my sixth grade class were a bunch of fucking assholes. So when she could get them to just sit down, shut up and knock it off. I mean, hey. Well, like that again, I, I mean, I've, I've literally been complaining about this since Stormfront. So like this isn't you know, I've read all the way through and I, I've seen, you know, where both characters go and what happens to, you know, mm-hmm. everything. I just like I do wonder if that like he who must not be named power. This is so so projecting. Like this is not what Butcher meant. It, it, it can't be. Maybe, maybe it is. I hope it is. I don't know. But like, but realistically, like every time we've seen Marcone, he's been re- he's been the the adult in the room. He really he's has. Been re- he's been reasonable. He's saved Harry's goddamn life a couple times. Yeah. And like the one time we've seen him have to get into battle, he fucking whipped a knife out of his asshole and fucking like did some shit against the Loop Group. Like, yeah. he's a bad guy. He, he owns a criminal empire of drugs and murder and fucking all sorts of bad shit. Like, he's not a good guy, but he's competent as fuck. And like, he's, 
at no point has he ever been shown to say like, oh my God, this is so terrifying. Woo! He's an anti-hero. He's an anti-hero. He isn't meant to be a hero, but he has heroic tra- traits. No, uh, maybe. I mean, I don't, I mean, that's the only description I can think of that is at least a little bit accurate with him. Yeah, I mean, so far it's more, I just, I'm so curious. And so why Harry's so fucking afraid of this fucking Jamoke? He's a Jamoke. <laughs> and like, I don't know. There's got to, but that's the thing. What has happened in the interim? Yeah, that, that's why I literally, I mean, just for clear, I literally thought of that in the last 12, you know, 37 seconds. Um, but, you know, and again, I've seen development. So like it, it is, I, that's not spoiler because I fucking made that up. But like, I've seen development, right? So like you've seen that as their relationship progresses and stuff, well, like, and we'll see it in the next chunk. I just wonder, that's the only thing that makes sense to me based on how fucking great at writing novels Butcher is at this point in his career. I'll, I'll forgive him, Stormfront, but he comes into this novel and tells before he shows. Yeah. Like, that has to mean something. That has to mean something. Or I'm just, you know, bozo. Nah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess it's the first one. I don't know. It's interesting, though. But it does, it does kind of give you an idea that something has happened in the interim. I, I actually, I'm like, that's the first theory I've ever thought of that I like actually love. Hmm. I mean, time traveling Ramirez as Cowl is the is true and the best. I will not explain it because if I do, it gets worse. But <laughs> that that explains how he talks about Marcone, mm-hmm. and it's also very novel and interesting. I think it's also probably me pulling it out of my ass. And it doesn't really, but I still like it. Yeah, and I love it. That's my crackpot theory of the month. There you go. Goodness gracious. So this is this is an overreaching element of the uh, entire section. Mm-hmm. All the suicides are technically suicides because mm-hmm. the Scavis made them do it. That was sort of what was confirmed in that communication spell with Elaine. Wait, say that again? Oh, he's convincing them to kill themselves. Yeah. But how do you convince someone without ligaments? That one, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. But yeah, yeah, no, no, that is actually an interesting thought. Um, they were obviously suicides. They yeah. were obviously not. No, no, no. It turns out, let's just talk to it. Well, they're they're not because I think they're not because they're like induced, but they still are. You know, you see that with teenagers bullying each other. Yeah, once or twice a year, and it's always awful. Um, interesting. Yeah, no, I like I like that thought because it it doesn't really change anything, but it kind of changes stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, um. But I do wonder how that gal cut her other wrist. Yeah. Maybe she did have it in her teeth. I don't know. <laughs> oh, goodness. Or maybe it was just such a drive. Like, I don't know. That is a strange one. That's a strange thing. And we really didn't know how the, the gal who died from the sex died. I mean, we've heard of it happening potentially with Justine, but you got to drink super deeply. Matter girl doesn't strike me as somebody who does anything deep. I don't know. There are some interesting deaths around this. It's interesting. Um, they head off to a lane. The spell's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I was joking about them just being buddies, but I mean, you can just use words when you're having sex. So like, really, it is kind of dumb. Maybe it's just like more fun. Huh? I don't know. Or but I think part of it too is because they, he says before that they created it because um, if- In school, yeah, yeah. It, well, and if What's-His-Face heard them while they, while they were supposed to be in bed asleep, they'd get in trouble. So he's not trying to figure out how to do the spell powerfully. He's trying to do the spell besides moaning. I did it. I used words. Elaine. But they also do use it in school. I know. 
Um, you can moan at school too. Once. <laughs> Either way. Um, yeah, no, I, I it, it's again, I just like when there's cool new magic and they explain it. Obviously, it's very clearly like obviously they have the power, they have this connection. And again, like you said, this goes back, this is just fucking characterization. Like this is just showing Harry's trauma in a spell. It is yeah. Harry Harry's casting a spell we've never seen before, and it's very clearly explaining trauma. Mm-hmm. Which is fuck again. I, I don't even like this novel. I've said this before. They're like, he needs to like have George Lucas write the story, like give you a fucking outline, and then you write the novel. Um, that's where Spielberg's at his best. No, but like <laughs> legitimately, like it I, there, there are novels later that I like there's plots later that I, I like more. Again, like as things get bigger and fancier and shinier, and you know, I I I'm shiny. I'm a slave, right? I'm a slave to, to commercialism. Um, but like this is never one that I look back on fondly. And as we're reading through it, like, this is a fucking, like, this might be the best fucking written novel I've ever read. <laughs> like, fuck you, Maya Angelou. Like, um, who's the, Maya Angelou's in the novel. What was the, uh, oh, wait. who was the, uh, the, the woman who had, uh, I can't remember her name. Harper Lee. You, Harper Lee. <laughs> uh, you know, like, this is just fucking, it's just brilliant. <laughs> it's just brilliant writing Um, on a plot that's kind of, Interesting. It's fine. It's fine. It's not. It's not bad. I really like you know all three houses of the like court. All it's interesting. History. It's an interesting cultural thing too for like yeah, the vampire culture. Yeah, we're learning a ton about the lore, mm-hmm. and we have like you know sneaky Thomas. We learn about the uh, like kind of lower magical people. You know, people with the lower, the smaller talents, right? Like, yeah, and they've been discussed on multiple occasions. Yeah, but usually they're like hanging out at Max. Yeah. Or, you know, they're, they're getting books from Bach. They're not very often major players. Yeah. Uh, so it's just cool to see. It's a very, it's very cool. It's a very cool story. It's interesting. I like it. But that, you know, I like other ones better. But I, every every week, I'm just sitting here, like, flabbergasted. I just, like, great fucking. He's, he's more and more shit keeps happening. He's just doing a great job putting the words next to each other. And either way. Um, so... All right, uh, where are we at? 30, we're at 30? Maybe. The shit with Molly was more of what we've seen. Holy shit, he cannot yeah. control his temper. When it comes to her, especially. Well, yeah, he can't control a lot of things when it comes to her. Um, but in this case, like, it was psychopathic. And we saw this in New Mexico. At least in New Mexico, there were ghouls to kill. And Ramirez to calm him down. Right? Like, this seems, he has a fucking, a ball of flame, like, inches from Molly's face. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty significant. She's not technically a child, but she's a fucking kid. Close enough. She's a kid, right? I call her a kid. Yikes. Yeah, that's our yikes for that book. Different kind of butt yikes. Mm-hmm. I just... 99.1. Fuck, I knew it. Um, I don't know. I, I just... We've seen this in the past few novels. It's weird. Clearly, it's a thing. And like I said, I, I, clearly, it's kind of been timed since he's had the shadow of a fallen angel lurking around, talking to his inner self. But like... This is the this is the the worst we've seen. This is worse than the ghoul, in my mind. Like, I, no, I he, definitely think it is. He he lost he lost control, which is maybe my my speciesism towards ghouls. But this is fucking Bad. Margaret Margaret goddamn Catherine, whatever. Like this, and he's like throwing fire around like the random the streets of Chicago, and like Murphy has to remind him like, dude, like calm the fuck. Like people working, people living, like. 
this is this is the most out of control we've seen it in my mind. Yeah. And it's fucking startling, but I think he does a good job kind of like deadbeat, you know, where where fucking um Billy's kind of like worried about him to his confusion. And he just slowly ramps it up, you know, like New Mexico. Like he had a really good reason to fucking destroy, like to fucking torture the shit out of those ghouls, right? Like 16, Carlos. Like he had a reason. Yeah. And so like they kind of he kind of eased us into this. We're like, we come expect Harry to get mad. But if you take one step back, holy fuck, dude. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Gnarly. Yeah. Bananas. Did we talk about how off-put Harry was by the Marcone's kindness? Mm-hmm. Okay, I like that. Let's go through my notes. I think here. we did, yeah. Um, but I also love that that's how Marcone controls the situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, really, mm-hmm. It entertains me immensely that he is controlling the situation not through brute force, but through treating him like a a sultan. You know, like giving him VIP treatment at all of his businesses and all of that, just to throw him off. And I think that's hilarious actually killing him with kindness. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. It's fantastic. Uh, so they, they head out to, um, they're heading over to Elaine's. What do you think about that spell? We'd there. seen it before when uh-huh. Elaine initiated it, and this is Harry initiating it. And I, But I like that he was able to hear what she was thinking, even mm-hmm. though it was Escavis thinking it for her. For her. Yeah, Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, he, he heard what was going on in her brain. Yeah. And, but the thing is, is how is that different from breaking the law of mind magic? Well, because he's not controlling her. Okay, he's just listening. Right, like, and that's really the big distinction on a lot. Oh! Going on a lot of the laws and kind of, we've seen him kind of skate around. Yeah, the letter versus the spirit. Yeah, but a lot, but the big difference in most cases is how... He's not taking control their their control away. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Whereas you know Molly took their ability to say no, don't do this to me. She didn't give them that opportunity, basically. And I think that's the important and clear line. And I think that's the important and clear line that the law, capital L, you know, makes sure that you don't cross. Yeah. Um, but you're right. He does these things that is kind of she. He didn't ask her to hop into her brain. But she can kick him out at any time. Gotcha. Okay. I think I'm not quite positive. The Scavis obviously kind of seems where we're at with it. Yeah, the Scavis is obviously breaking the law here. Okay. Um, but Scavis don't care. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, he, he tested himself casting this spell over a longer distance. I like his, mm-hmm. you know, his insecurity not being borne out because, of course, it wasn't because he's a big, 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 bad wizard. Mm-hmm. Um, that was cool. Any other thoughts, you know, as we get through there? Clearly, Harry has some idea up his sleeve with regards to Lara. He won't tell us yet. Yeah. I love, as we get there, to Harry gets there to save the day the, for the damsel in distress. And when he gets there, the damsel's beating the fuck out of Scavis. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty on point. Which is great. A great subversion there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's kind of like, it's inter- it's actually, it's an interesting perspective because you know, I've decided that the reason he, you know, we were discussing this earlier, but the, the reason that Harry is so protective of women is because of the whole Elaine thing. And then the one that he's so protective over is the one who's just destroying the fuck out of the Scavis. 
but he she didn't completely destroy the scavis. We mentioned this as we were going through the chapter, I think, where Harry had to come in and completely destroy. Is like, is she playing a game? Is it, you know, a ploy? What what's going on there? I just think that's it's kind of a like, oh, I, I I I believe it's kind of a reasonable thought because I don't trust her. Mm-hmm. I just don't. And is she on their side? Is she playing both sides of the coin? Like, what's the deal? But you know, it's I do I do love that she is, you know, kicking ass and taking names after the Scavis made her seem weak. Mm-hmm. And I do love the chain. I love that she uses the chain. I think that's we keep we keep seeing her use of the chain, and it's just a kind of an interesting tool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and we know that Elaine needs to go to the hospital, and Harry mm-hmm. says they'll be watching the. And she says, "Fuck them." They can watch her through a wall of cops where I like how Murphy's stepping in and just take, you know, we, I like Murphy, but that she knows what needs to get done and she does it. She's, she is the one who's trying to save the damsel in distress as well. It is interesting too, though, how Elaine says every time she comes to Chicago, she has to get rescued. Mm-hmm. Is that an intentional thing? I don't trust her. I just don't trust her. Who would? Harry. Harry would. Exactly. So... Everybody's safe. We're good on that. Scavis wasn't totally dead. Um, oh, and Mouse eating the Scavis is interesting. Mm-hmm. But we also know that Mouse is bred to deal with the baddies. So, you know, it's kind of like, okay, well. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I I always appreciate the Thomas and Harry interaction where, you know, Thomas is, I don't know what you're talking about. When Harry asks him, how did Larry get you not to talk? I, I really still I still enjoy their their relationship, the interactions. But also on that topic, I love how much they know each other because Thomas knew that Harry would nose around his apartment. Uh-huh. And and that that's why he created the wall of map, basically. I think it's fantastic. I, I really just I enjoy their interactions. I like Thomas as a character. And I think both Th- like Thomas's interactions with Harry, much like Murphy's interactions with Harry, tell us a lot about who Harry is and how he deals with things and how he approaches things. And also his, how devoted he is to the people in his inner circle. And, you know, with Elaine, it's maybe not for the better, but for with Thomas and Murphy, he's very devoted to them. And he wants to figure out why things are happening, how they are. And like he, okay, Thomas, what the fuck's going on? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean... And also him saying, telling Thomas that the message is just a bared tooth smile. I mean, I don't know if he's going to say anything at the beginning of the next chapter, but I have a feeling that Thomas understands. Thomas knows what the message is. Well, I think maybe he's going to tell him something more, more that we won't know yet. Uh Although yours makes sense, too. There's three options. One, he'll tell him off screen. Mm -hmm. Two, he just told him on screen. Or three, he's going to tell him on screen later. I guess I don't remember which of those it is. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm I'm intrigued as we move forward as well. Yeah, I mean, short of that, anything else you want to comment on before we move on? Uh, I think of. Do you have any real yikes? Really? I mean, other than like the ridiculousness of the, you know, all the cops joking about Harry being gay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I do love how his response to the chick at the. Bonnie or whatever the hell her name is at the intercom. He's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm gay. 
<laughs> I also, I yeah, I wanted to say that I, you know, I've, I've commented in the past how, how poorly this series does sex work. I thought this was great. This is the most sex positive, sex work positive oh, very much so. uh, attitude we've seen. Even as he's talking about, you know, the pros and cons, when Murphy goes in about like, I mean, it's like, there's no trafficking. These women aren't drugged. Like, they're just here to work. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought that was an, an interesting difference compared to how we've seen some of those conversations go in the past. I really liked. Well, but, and, but I also like that he and Murphy are in agreement on it, you know, and how Murphy is just like, look, there's there's nothing wrong going on here. There are illegal things, <laughs> but legal well, and, you know, it's it. that's the whole. I don't think she goes so far as to say it's not wrong. I don't think mm-hmm. that's in Murphy's. No, but like, top, top two, but like but... the the people who are running the establishment aren't doing bad things to the to the women to keep it yeah. there. They're not causing direct harm for sure. Um, if if you don't have any uh, yikes left, then how about uh, quotes of the week? Quotes of the week. Oh, what do you got? Okay, why? All right, I only have two this week. You gonna be okay? I don't know. Uh, the first one. Is more of a serious kind of one, but we are all, or sorry, we're all of us equally naked before the jaws of pain. Um, and the other one is, she's a sister of the Ordo, Priscilla. Priscilla said, not a criminal to be distrusted and watched. In point of fact, I said, she's a criminal to be distrusted and watched. Ask her freaking parole officer. <laughs> Which I think is spectacular. Yeah, I don't love her treatment, but that line is funny. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. But those are my two. Hey, real good fun ones either, but there's a... Being a wizard gives you more power than most, but it doesn't change your heart. We're all human. Um, I really do like the line, where the, the sad line where he's reading about all the shit that life is. I want to do that one, probably. <laughs> and uh, he's talking about trying to... The connection he uses to try to connect with Elaine, even though he doesn't really know her super well at that point. But he knows what she's going through because it's kind of a shared human experience of living alone in a big city. So I added in all the pains I'd learned. Cooking blunders I'd had to eat anyway. Equipment and property constantly breaking down. Needing repairs and attention. Tax insanity. And rushing around trying to hack a path through a jungle of numbers. Late bills. Unpleasant jobs that gave you horribly aching feet. Odd looks from people who didn't know you. When something less than utterly normal happened. The occasional night when the loneliness ached so badly that it made you weep. The occasional gathering during which you wanted to escape to your empty apartment so badly you were willing to go out the bathroom window. Muscle pulls and aches you never had when you were younger. The annoyance as the price of gas kept going up to some ridiculous degree. The irritation with unruly neighbors, brainless media personalities, and various politicians who all seemed to fall on a spectrum somewhere between the extremes of crook and moron. You know. Life. <laughs> and then, uh, I was brought to life by the word of the Almighty Himself for a purpose so complex and fundamental that you could not begin to comprehend it. Flash, just because you start out as one thing, it doesn't mean you can't grow into something else. Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious. Gotta get my lash ones in. But, um, <coughs> on uh, our way out the door here for the second time. Do you have a uh, Crackpot Theory of the Week? I, I, I think Elaine is going to be a bad guy. 
continuing on. I don't trust her. Is there more evidence this week that you found? Or you just... How she didn't completely kill the Skavis. Okay, that's interesting. Just saying. Well, she said that was like one of her main goals. She wanted to kill it because it killed Anna. And she didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. Okay, okay, okay. She had the opportunity and she did not take it. Okay. Well, on that note, I guess we get out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely hit us up. Questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, stock tips to the podcast was on fire at gmail.com. The podcast was on fire at gmail.com. We're on the socials. We're on the things. We also have a Patreon page that mm-hmm. helps keep the lights on around here. And we do appreciate light. Patreon.com slash the podcast was on fire. Patreon.com slash the podcast was on fire. You buy us a cup of coffee. We get you, we get you a pot a day early. 26 hours in fact. Uh, beyond that, um, mm. you know, life is easy, breezy, beautiful. We appreciate you guys desperately. And uh, we'll try to get crush this edit, get it out in time for you to listen to it while the uh, dumb stuff's happening during the Super Bowl. You can pause it for the commercials, I guess, or the Taylor Swift cut-ins. <laughs> All 30 seconds of it. I kid. I'm, oh, there's going to be more this time. I'm sure. I, I'm excited to watch the Super Bowl, mostly because I, um, if gambling were legal, I'd have money on it. <laughs> so I think if the Niners could just win the first half by a half a point and the Chiefs could win the game by over two points, or sorry, could win the game by minus two points, plus two points, whatever. Um, we got action on both sides here. Just don't fuck it up. And life is good. So um, that's where my heart would be, had I a heart. Anything else before we get out of here, Ice? Nope, that's all. Alrighty. Well then, I do appreciate all of you all. All of you all. All of y'all for keeping this thing going and um, making it tick. Can't wait mm-hmm. to um, run into Mrs. Butcher's baby boy here in a couple weeks at Norwest Con. Very excited. And um, yeah, we just look forward to it. So thank you guys so much for sticking with us. Hey. Appreciate you guys. And I have been Josh. And I am Alyssa. The podcast is on fire. Wasn't my fault. tell you i fell off a scooter oh my god no when the other night two nights ago the only one of those like uber scooters yeah that's what i figured you're talking about yep 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 how did you manage that gravity i like i didn't manage it sir fucking isaac newton managed it are you okay couldn't just eat one goddamn apple he had to figure out how to get more off the fucking tree and now we all have to suffer but like are you okay oh no i fucked up my shoulder I like literally, I couldn't even, I, I went home for practice yesterday. I was like, I, I can't coach. Um, I'm better now than I was yesterday. My shoulders. Do you have insurance? Yeah, I just don't have my cards. Oh, oh you, haven't, you haven't got them yet? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm fucking, it was like the, the, it was the worst number I've done on my shoulder since college. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I think, yeah, hence me laying in bed all day. Sorry. Moaning every time I bump my, bump my shoulder. Uh, that's a day later. Either way, um, 
What were you talking about? Sorry, I bumped my shoulder. Um, <laughs> That's why I stopped. I have no that. idea what we were talking about. Ugh. All right. Well, I got nothing. <laughs>